Hello and welcome to episode 6 of A Humanistic Perspective. We are very happy to be joining you guys today. I am one of your three hosts, Chad Castilla. I am joined here today with Lillian Clare and Ethan Castillo. We are super happy to be bringing you a special guest interview because, of course, as always, it is a Friday episode. Today, we have the privilege of interviewing Christy Schultz. She was born and raised in Sandwich, Illinois, and from a young age, Christy has been hustling, and I mean hustling. In her early years, she spent time working for McDonald's, Metropolitan Life Insurance, and then spent a hefty amount of time at Goodyear Tires. It was during her time at Goodyear's Tires, she was fortunate enough to meet her loving husband, Chris, and gain tons of instrumental experience and college knowledge. Together, the two have began their entrepreneurial journey by buying into the Merlin 200,000 mile shop, and then later moving one step closer to establishing their family. After five years of marriage, it was time for the kids. First, they had a son, and then after that, their three beautiful daughters. After 20 years with Merlin, they joined Mike's Moore Miles. And uh, it was during this time that, that they became a powerhouse duo, and they planned to continue growing Mike's Moore Miles, with the family likely having Chris move into a leadership role as president of the corporation. Christy has also, during this time, been a licensed real estate agent and practicing for referrals, families, friends, and more. In efforts to grow the family's bond and further the kids' career in dance, the Schultz purchased land in Yorkville and opened Virtues in Motion Dance Studios. I wanted to, real quickly here, read a, read a direct quote that I had from um, Christy herself. So here it is. Um, she said, as a mother, a business owner, and a real estate agent, I made most uh, it made the most sense to create Virtues in Motion Dance Studio. This is a business where my kids have a passion for that makes me happy and one in which I enjoy the work. All of our family participates in the business and my kids have some plans to be a part of the dance industry in the future. I am happy to help them along their way or empower them to follow whatever passions they have regardless of if it's dance or not. Christy and her husband are now looking to the future as they begin the process of developing a five-year plan to sell their businesses to their managers and their large home to the next family needing it most. We are super pleased to be joined here today with Christy, and, and if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for everyone on, on mic, thank you. Hi, this is Christy. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Th thank you, thank you. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for joining us here, and uh, we usually uh, start every episode by drinking some coffee, and uh, this morning... We actually have, what did you pick up, Ethan, We for just us? went to Dunkin', and I just got their uh, regular black coffee, um, and, we, you know, that was pretty much it. It was a fast on-the-go thing, and, yep. uh, you know, it's probably, I feel like now having all other coffees we've tried, it's it's really um, really a, a very light coffee when it comes to a, a being a black coffee. You know? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about the notes, we've been trying to grow our knowledge of notes in coffee. This one, to me, seems very um, middle of the road, a medium to dark roast. Um, nutty, nutty flavor, and it hits very center of the palate for me. Um, so do you have any thoughts on the coffee, maybe? It's my go-to because I drive <laughs> past it on my way to work every day. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> so I wanted to maybe give you an opportunity to go in, and let's start at the beginning. Maybe share a little bit about your upbringing as a child, um, some of the things that you might have gone through, what shaped you, and, and how you've really become the amazing person you are today. Okay, thanks. So, uh, so, you know, I grew up in a really small town. 
Um, always had aspirations for moving to the city. Mm -hmm. um, I eventually got about halfway to Oak Brook and turned around <laughs> and here I am back in this small town again. Um, but it's because this is where I grew up. So um, as a young kid, my parents divorced very early in my life. I was eight years old. I had a brother and sister at the time uh, that were younger than me. My brother's a year younger than me and my sister, she is almost seven years younger than I am. So I spent a lot of time as a kid growing up really fast and kind of helping my siblings. Um, I stayed with my dad mostly. Yeah. Um, in, in time, I, was, I spent a lot of my weekends um, on occasion with my mother, but mostly my dad, who was um, a worker at Caterpillar for 35 years of his life, and then came home on the weekends and played in a band in the evenings. He was a <laughs> rock and roller. Um, and so I did spend a lot of my childhood just kind of helping my siblings with laundry and dishes and just life skills, cooking. And um, she had to grow up really quickly, it seems like. I did. You um, moved out at a very young age. Right? I did. So by the time I was 16, my dad was married to his second wife and three kids with her. And um, so eventually I moved out when I was 16 and with my grandmother. Fortunately, she had Alzheimer's, so it was kind of me helping assist her <laughs> while I was in high school. Um, You've always had this very motherly instinct. Yeah, it yeah, seems to yeah. Yes, um, but she got to the point she needed to be in a nursing home, and so when she did, I was graduating my senior year. Um, that's where I ended up actually working at McDonald's. Is just sure. That was the only place for a teenager to work. Yeah. Um, I actually worked tasseling corn if you can believe that years <laughs> before McDonald's. that before mcdonald's no, before um, McDonald's. oh before yes in the, in the so yeah. like yeah literally like hard work in the yeah, cornfields like <laughs> just to make some cash and to do you know on the side and then i ended up getting the job with mcdonald's was it was it uncommon at the time for for you to be hustling like that or was that something that was common among all your peers um actually you know what and we kind of talked touched on this earlier yeah. um you know, us kids back then, it's different than it is now. We were, we literally did the walk into school, five miles uphill in the snow, both ways, back there and back. <laughs> and um, No, I, I remember every day just walking to school and stopping at the donut shop and getting my breakfast on my way. And um, even by the time I was in uh, junior high and high school, I always walked to and from school. Like, that was what we did as wow. kids. We all did... We didn't have cell phones and electronics and all of that. So we were more, I don't know, I feel more human in a sense <laughs> than, you know, our kids are so tuned into electronics yeah. and they're I, robotic I, I in a anyone sense. anyone nowadays trying to ask about, can I go get a job or what should I do this? I, and I like, think it's important, no. too. She realized at a young age that it may not have been her passion, those hustling moments, but she knew in order to get your passions later in your future, you had to do that in order to build something at the and, moment. And you know what? It actually wasn't passion. It was more just like a way of life. You just sure. did what you, had, you had, to had to do. do right. But you were learning so much more than, uh, you know, because it's life, it's yeah. life, life skills. Like I said, my, you know, when my dad would come home from work every day about 4, four o'clock-ish, I mean, I already was done with school. I played sports as well, which okay. he nice. didn't get to see a lot of what I did because he also he had the other kids and, and, and practicing in the evening. And so... Um, you know, it was like I walked everywhere, did what I had to do. But when he didn't, uh, I mean, gr trying to raise um, kids as a guy from the 70s. I mean, I was born when he was 18 years old. So 
Um, it was tough for him, and I get it. So I don't really blame my parents by mm-hmm. any means for uh, things that I didn't have or didn't get to do. Sure. Um, I've kind of turned that around, and now I'm happy that everything that led up to where I'm at right now is because of the hard work that I had to do, whether I knew it or not at that time. Awesome. So, um, but yeah, it just pushed me to want to be more independent and turn that off. That's <laughs> no, totally cool. Um, you know, and so when my grandmother did pass, like, or move on first yeah. into a nursing home, we had to sell her house and it was like, okay, what do what I do? Yeah, what do were you, I, where were you going Do next? I go back home? You know, yeah. what do I do? And it turned <laughs> out that I wanted to get to the city, like I said. And right. so I started looking for jobs. Well, backtrack a little bit. My senior year of high okay. school, I was very athletic. Were <coughs> you planning on going um, on to college right away? Like, where was your mind? That's where I was getting to. So in college, in my family, nobody went to college. Nobody, so like, it wasn't wow, a thing. Generation. And I'm going to quote my dad, and he's, if he ever <laughs> hears this, but he at one point told me, like, hang out in Naperville, you know, when you go see these guys that pull up in these nice cars, like, hook up with somebody that's going to help take care of you, you know, kind uh, of a thing. <laughs> that was his thinking back that's then. That's like, that's the Be- college at the time. Well, but back then, our moms, our grandmas, they all stayed home with the kids. Right. They didn't work. And that was the way they were brought up. Like, the guys do the work, and you girls, you kick back, like, find somebody that's going to help take care of you. You build a family and enjoy your, your you know, that's the way that's he crazy. was, his kind of thinking and was. I'm, I'm th- I think even nowadays we're seeing that even more and more with the generation. I mean, a lot of these girls that end up going to college, they're not, the knowledge they're gaining in their actual career or their um, what they're going to school for, right? They don't ever come out to end up doing. A lot of people are just, you know, Switching finding careers. someone that, you know, can set them up as a financial stability, and then they kind of just grow with their life like that. I think we're seeing a lot of that nowadays, too. And you know what? I think that is a little mm. bit of, it's kind of a little bit of laziness, I think, sure, because yeah. we've, as women, we've been empowered now to have careers, to go yeah. to college, to do the things that you want so that you don't have to rely on somebody else to to uh, take care of you and mm-hmm. that that was the complete opposite thinking like when I was a kid I, I'm I'm not gonna I won't survive if I have to wait around for somebody to do this for no, me just the little time we spent together you seem very much like I'm gonna set my mind to something and I'm gonna do it like task get it get it done yeah sometimes that's a bad thing because if I say I'm gonna do it I'll do it and now I'm <laughs> overwhelmed because I'm doing so much but sure. I I'm, I will never say okay maybe I'll build a dance studio I'm not sure maybe I'll do this no if I just said it okay well now I got to do it I and make it um, so but that's what happened so while I was my senior year I was looking at going to college all I wanted to do was go to college awesome. and we couldn't afford it and I you know I had straight A's like I was still doing good in school mm-hmm. um, I just knew I couldn't pay for it on my own so my thought was I was going to go into the Army. Um, nice. You know, I was very athletic, and I was running every day, like, seven miles a day and working out. And just, you know, that was what I thought I would do. And I figured, well, if I go into the Army, then um, from there I'll find the career that I want and right. also have them help me with college. Pay for it. Right. Yes. So I got all the way to um, having getting the the test done, um, the physical. I was with my recruiter, ready to sign the last, the, wow. the re- ready to go. And I called my dad. I said, "Okay, I have, I have to swear in. That's it. I got one more paper to sign. I swear in." And he goes, "Well, just so you know, you got a phone call from Metropolitan Life Insurance Company, and they had left you a message that said that you know they would like to interview you for a job." 
this and literally is happening on the like he yeah, says this on this on call. the phone while wow. I'm at the recruiter's Holy office, cow. right? So he had me thinking, and it's, it gives me the chills right now thinking yeah, about I it. I literally had goosebumps well, when you said that. Because this guy walked up to me, and he's just a dude walking around, and he handed me a little Bible. It was the size of your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took it from, he's just like, here, you know, like, God bless you, and walks on. And, you know, I'm sitting there talking to my dad from a pay phone. I'm like, okay, that was really weird, whatever. And he, my dad tells me, I'm like, okay hung up the phone and I I took and I wrote in the Bible my name and it just said, you know, first day enlisting in the army. And then I kicked back and I thought about it and thought about it. Well, my dad in that conversation basically said, you know, y- if you want, go try this job for, you know, a little while. And if you don't love it, you the can always, still you there. can always go to the army. Yeah. Right. And so I'm sitting there mowing this over. And then finally I was just like, like, this is a sign. <laughs> right. I got a freaking Bible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like and my dad, alive. like, you know. Yeah. And so I just thought, you know, okay, so I tell my recruiter, and boy, was he pissed at me. But, uh, <laughs> he was I, like, oh, yes, I'm about to close Yeah, it. and that's what I told him. I said, okay, you know, let me go check this out, and, you know, I'll be back. Well, it turns out it wasn't. And the only reason I had that offer from Metropolitan, because when I was growing up in Sandwich, which you guys may know, you're from right, this area, yeah, is they yeah. had IVIC at the time. Yeah. It, yeah. Wow. IVIC was around when you were IVIC, in school? IVIC, yep. What, what so all did they offer in that in um, program? It was not quite like what it is now, okay. but um, mostly the trades. And what I did, I took a class called Office Careers and Information Processing. I still remember to this day. Why do we not have Yeah, that we don't have now? any school titles like that, like class titles or anything like that. Nope. Like, that's it's crazy. crazy. Exactly. My first college job was administrative role like that. And having that type of skill at IVIC would have set me up so much. Oh, my more. God. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have computers then. I was sure. working sure. on word processors and typewriters. And my teacher was crazy. She was like, I mean, that was the one class I kind of struggled because she was so particular. Sure. Like, if I missed one comma, oh, my God. Like, it was, the you know. Nice. But it taught me to, like, be a good writer in the future. Um, but we did what was called a mock interview during that. So I had to interview with Metropolitan during my senior year, and um, they had an administrative uh, position that came available. And so they had my resume and everything that they helped me create through that class and mm-hmm. called me up and offered me a job. Wow. So that's how I ended up um, that's, that's over there. Yeah, Timing was really yeah. key yes. in your early years. Yes. So it still didn't get me to college, but at the least, um, I left Sandwich and got an apartment on my own. I was 17 um, in Aurora. Okay. So I had a place there and um, just started working and paying for myself to live. And then um, I was at Metropolitan for about a year. Mm -hmm. And um, I spent a lot of time still having fun with my friend who I also was also hired uh, through the same program. She was from Yorkville. Her name was Christy as well. So who <laughs> <laughs> was the duo? Uh, at the time, we were young, and we just wanted to go smoke cigarettes on our break. So we'd go over to Gala West, play some video games, and then come back and off of our just, break. Just and enjoying the years. Yeah, it was awesome. But eventually... Um, Honestly, I hated, they had a dress code. I hated wearing a dress every day, wearing what we called nylons back then. We don't, we we call them tights. My mom still does. Does she? (laughs) Yeah. So funny. The the old folks, they still do. Um, But, and I had to wear heels. Like that was the thing. You had, you had to wear a dress. You had to wear heels. You had to wear nylon. Very corporate. Yes. And then walking from that parking lot, if you ever saw it right there in Aurora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that's a long walk in heels in the winter. In snow. 
So anyway, I just, I didn't love it. Um, and right next door was a Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company was there. Right now it's a Just Tires that's over there, over by the Fox Valley Mall. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was Goodyear at the time, and I had an uncle through marriage, my aunt, who I was very close with, a couple years older than me, and my uncle worked there. He was just a mechanic at the time. So instead of going to lunch at Gala all the time, every once in a while I'd head over to Goodyear and hang out with the guys and smoke cigarettes there and chat it up with the mechanics. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I see them wearing, you know, shop clothes. And I'm sure. like, God, that looks so much more comfortable, comfortable and, <laughs> than your heels. You know? um, <laughs> but I, I kind of jokingly was like, yeah, if you guys ever need somebody to like, you know, office wear, you know, whatever. Well, the owner at the time was like, I'll hire you as my service manager because he was getting ready to sell it uh, back to the, he. He was very ill at the time, but he was selling it back to Goodyear. It was a franchise. I think and the really um, like something that's really important here that might get brushed over if I don't bring it up right away is yeah. you put yourself out there. You right. said to yeah. them. Yeah. You made yourself a parent. I think that's something that maybe if, if younger people are listening, take the risk, take the opportunity. Would you say that's something that we should oh, do? Oh, for sure. For sure. Not just going to get handed to you there. you got to go out there and set yourself, you know, set it up for yourself. The worst thing that could happen is they say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's why I, I would have never expected this girl that comes over and heals in a dress on break time at a um, mechanic shop yeah that yeah. he i'm like i have no experience with any of the stuff i don't sure. like cars like that you know or whatever um but it paid me more money and i didn't have to wear high heels that's all you need um so then but i was by that time i was about 19 and um you know then you guys won't believe this but Back then, I was making right out of the gate probably $40,000 a year with no college education, See, working for a good awesome. company. Um, wow. And you probably had peers that were taking on debt, still at school. Yes. Not figuring out really what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you, at this point, were you regretting not going to college? Were you grateful you hadn't gone yet? No, I didn't regret it. Um, because obviously it paid my bills. I had a great life. I could do whatever I wanted and I could afford to do what I wanted. Um, so that was cool. And where a lot of my friends at the time, no, they weren't. And, you know, you think you're going to hang out with your high school friends forever. You don't. You know, right. I moved and, you know, I made new friends and um, just had a lot of fun at that time. And, you know, not being 21, it's hard to have too much fun. But <laughs> um, I did, though. I actually, <laughs> side note, I my, my father was a, a musician. And so I actually became... Uh, I. I grew to be a musician as well. Yeah. Um, what, what was your instrument? I played the drums, if you could believe oh, that. Yeah. That's <laughs> so cool. Do you still do it? I have a drum set, and every once in a while, it's like riding a bike. You just go, and you play, and you have some fun. Uh-huh. That's awesome. It kind of looks like your setup here. I have an electronic set, which I will oh, tell you. That's badass. Fast forward, when I graduated from college, my gift to myself was a brand-new electronic drum set because oh, they didn't yeah. have them before then, I still have that to That's this day. Awesome. That's really? awesome. So it looks like this, a bunch of pads and cords, and it goes into my PA system, and I have my own little jam room in my That's basement. That's really cool, so, so it's probably actually even quieter, too. In the long it time. is, and you can put on headphones and all that if you wanted to, mm-hmm. but nice. yeah, I can make it whatever sound I want. You c- it's got like 100 different drum sets you pick. So what's so what your cool? favorite songs to play? Yeah, like what, what's your Okay, genre? you guys are not gonna believe this, guess. Like, just, can you take a guess? Well, like, you said you, you were a rock girl growing up, so it makes me think, I don't know, Santana's later, it's in the 90s more, but I feel like you really just like going hard when you're on the drums. I'm gonna go 80s or out. like funk drumming, the complete opposite. I don't know all the genres, Like so. 80s <laughs> rock drumming or funk drumming. That's okay, my, that's so my guess. 
the thing was, yes, my dad was a rock and roller, right? And um, the 70s, 80s, uh, mostly a lot of like Queen, Kansas, Sticks, Journey, oh, yeah. you know, all of mm -hmm. that, which I grew up to love. I'm um, at least those are some of my all time favorites. But being a young girl um, in that time where you guys don't know, we had my dad, who was the singer, we had what was called a um, reel to reel. Do you know what a reel to reel is? No, could you, could you maybe explain? Yeah, so a reel-to-reel -reel is like, looks like a giant cassette tape. Oh. oh, is that where you can record multiple tracks or well, something like that? Well, you could. It almost looks like the old movie players, mm -hmm. but sure. it's got two, and I'm a hands talker, but <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Um, it's like got two reels, mm -hmm. Okay. and so reel-to-reel, -reel, yeah. like a cassette tape, but yeah. they're the size of a basketball big, wow. right? So you have this big machine. So my dad... So I'm guessing one reel's empty, the other reel's taken the recording. Yes. And then it like feeds from the one reel to the yes. other. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Or you could play your music like a cassette tape mm -hmm. on that. So Got it. my dad would play his music. He'd play it and then he'd listen for because he was the singer. So mm -hmm. he'd have to listen to the lyrics. We didn't have internet to go looking up the lyrics. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> so he would have to like listen to the music, listen to the lyrics, write them down, then rewind. Wow listen again, go on to the next, write it down. So even as a kid, I used to make big posters of his lyrics so that when he would sing, if like he needed to learn a new song for this weekend, he could look from a distance at the poster board that had all the, I can, wow. I can recite the lyrics of just about every song from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. But because yeah. of that, like I loved it, but it got to the point, like even to this day, I only like newer music I like because mm, it makes it. me cringe to go back and listen to the same stuff over and over and over and over because that's what we did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, rewind, rewind, play, fast forward, rewind. I'm that same so way, but I think it's because of technology. We're like always used to, I need new, I need new. Which is yes. funny because my dad and my uncle who are older generation, they still listen to the classic rock and they're like, this is the best. And they get so mad when they play, any when we play we anything oh else. Oh my gosh, if we're at, we're at uh, Lily's house and we try and play the aux, and it's not classic rock, it's like, what's going on? My dad will like make jokes about the music that's playing. He's like, oh, this is my favorite song, but he'll say that for every song, and then he'll like make remarks about how the song is bad, but they're funny. So then Yes, like <laughs> and bad songs then are like nothing like now, <laughs> you know? Right, true, but, right. Well, and it's just, um, you know, over the years, I really love all that music, um, but I always wanted something more, something different for me. And as a kid, obviously, our tastes are different. Mm -hmm. So back then, the funniest thing then was I was into, like, really hard rock. Like, that's when Metallica and yeah. Pantera and... So you were you starting know, to get into the metal scene a bit. Yes, for sure. And part of that was because it was also different than the classic rock. Yes, mm -hmm. it was a little on the heavier side, but yeah. even the hair bands, like, okay, you know, they're fun. But as a drummer, I started playing when I was about 16 in my dad's basement um, just for fun. But as a drummer, when you're playing music, like, you know, you're just, it's basic two, four timing. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's fun. But then Pantera came out and I'm like, double bass. Like, this is cool. Let's just go. Like, right. That's so funny <laughs> because that's exactly what I imagined, but I couldn't put it into words. So yes. now that you're saying it, I'm totally making the connection. Yeah. That's awesome. So, no, it just had me. I just wanted to go. And it was just like, I just wanted to just like go and enjoy it. So it was hard trying to, like, I didn't really want to go play in a band or anything sure. like that. It wasn't going to happen that way, but um, I got actually asked to play in a Poison cover band. It was called Posen at the time. They thought, <laughs> it, would, they thought it would be so cool, Poison. this girl with the long hair, and, like, I looked the glam the that they girl? all well, wanted. wanted. Yeah, right. they were all guys. Like Female <laughs> drummer is rare, too. Yes. A good female drummer? Yes. yes. 
But I had to turn them down because it was so boring. <laughs> I was like, really, like, okay. Calling them out. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, like, I don't want to sit behind the drums and just be the girl that's just like, if Rock I'm going to play, I want to play. I want to have some fun. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it turned out I ended up uh, playing in a hard rock uh, band for a couple of years called Power Trip. Um, <laughs> and it was all pretty heavy music. It was because the drummer quit, and my boyfriend at the time was like, get over there, like, go play. And I'm like, okay. It's like, all right, let's go. And um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So but I wanted to get back. Um, so you're at Goodyear, right? Correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. What's, what's, how long are you there? What do you think was instrumental during that time, and what sort of led you past that? So, um, okay, Goodyear, love them, but they put on what's what I call the golden handcuffs over the years. Mm -hmm. um, basically, paid me more money because I was female. I was good at my job. Right. Um, there, it's females are also hard to come by in the tire industry. So, I, I can imagine. I can um, but yeah, just trying to keep up with you know hiring females and stuff. So they really, really did take care of me. So it was really hard to leave, even though I didn't love my job. And if you can imagine, as a woman who's at the front counter of the auto repair shop that you take your car to, most men at that time especially, um, didn't think it was like I would be the person to talk to. So I did. they gave me a hard time. I really had a hard time. Um, with guys just saying, hey, let me talk to one of the guys. Well, mm. I'm one of the guys. I am. Boss. Like, I know. Like, this, I'm right. the boss of one of the guys. What <laughs> yeah. do you need? Well, I need to talk to my about my car. Well, tell me about your car because you know it, I'm right. the one that right. needs to help you. And so, you know, it, it grew on me over the years and I just like whatever. But um, but that's awesome that like in a sense you got to stand up for yourself. Like, like I feel like that going through that adds a shell to you that allows you to just take the risk of even opening a dance studio later in life. Yes. I, that's why I say now, like, that's why I say it, it's in, I enjoy my job, even though I don't love working so much sure. now. Uh, but obviously I have kids, and I'm going to continue to do that until they move on. But um, this is easy. Like, right. it's not easy dealing with dance moms. Love you all. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, but it's, no, it's it's, yeah. it's different. But because I worked in the industry where I was before, that makes what I do now easier. so much. E it's so much easier. Um, but uh, and so I tell them, I tell my my staff all the time, like you guys don't understand what we do now. I I say is hell selling happiness. I sell happiness. Your kid wants to dance, and you want to make your kid happy. You want to put them in an activity. Right. I'm selling happiness. So we need to take care of our people. Um, but it's hard when you're not in a position ever to be um, in more of a, a more in an industry where people don't love to spend their money. Mm. That was Goodyear. You uh, have a bad experience. You just had a you had a flat tire. Now you're on the side of the road, and you're you know you have this experience, and then you come to me, and oh, you know this happened, and now I got to fix your car, and now I got to tell you how much it costs. Now you don't right. want to spend it, and now you hate me you're because the bad messenger. yes. Right. All the time, or you bring your car in for that flat tire, and now the radio doesn't work. Now it's my fault. Oh. Like, you have to deal with that stuff every single day in that kind of an industry. Wow. So it just it just takes a toll it's on you. It's like crisis management. It is. It's not easy. So, But what I will say is all the years of working for Goodyear and doing that, like, I just started at that location, and then sure. they changed over to this franchise called Just Tires, which was literally selling only tires and putting them on cars, and they wanted to pump out the rubber. I mean, Goodyear, that was what they were what they the best in the industry at the time. So they changed over this model about, I think, 60 stores in Illinois wow. uh, from Goodyear to this, and um, they transferred me out to Westmont, 
at the time um, as a uh, in same position basically where I was at out here in Aurora. That's where I met my husband. Yep, Chris. Yep. So uh, Chris and I both service manager like positions. We are very competitive. Chris is very much <laughs> like me. Work. He he actually is the hardest working person that I know to this day. Like he's always wow. going even at home. Like he can never. That's relax. saying a lot because you're very hardworking. <laughs> yeah. So you know we're good in that respect together because we're both just you know go-getters and um so we were how even did you guys meet at the company like like how did you know when you guys were finally gonna like maybe go on a date or hitting off like that was it from the jump were you guys flirting oh no we hated each other <laughs> 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 because we were so competitive we were always um this is a great story though but we were always we had, we got paid commission you don't hear about that so much anymore and mm -hmm. i told my teachers this just the other day i'm like maybe i gotta start paying you guys some kind of commission no one wants to work for anything no, now i'm paying you for that time that minute that you just picked up your phone and got on facebook turn right. it off and take your phone away you know whatever i gotta do um but incentive was a big thing and chris was also he was a hockey player and he lived in a house with six, five roommates at the time Sounds I like me at college and i lived in a house with four roommates guys that were the band nice yeah. and um we both needed to pay our bills and do our thing and so when we're paid commission everybody that's walking in the door we're fighting over that yeah, uh, we're right. fighting over the dollars right. so right um so at first it wasn't just that. There was another, a third guy. His oh, name. There's. This is a triangle. No, 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 no. There's oh. a third guy that worked with us. Um, that his name was Joe. Okay. Um, Joe was Chris's good friend. They talked hockey. He was an athlete and whatever. My husband and he went to college, uh, played hockey. Um, so those guys were all about the sports and hockey and stuff. But Joe also was a big fan of the same kind of music that I was at the time and loved to hang out with us when we would go and the band would play and stuff. But Joe, he was our middleman friend that would always be like, Chris said this about you. And I'd be like, well, tell Chris, whatever. I don't care. Tell, I don't care about him, <laughs> you know. But he would always, like, play us. Sure. Like, all the time, and he thought it was funny. So Chris and I learned that we kind of hated each other because of Joe, but he was our good friend. Right. So what we did back in the day, this is really cool too, like when we worked at the shop, we had one night a week that we'd all go play darts. Nice. We'd go play darts. Where dart. would you play darts at? Um, I don't even remember Just the like name of the bar. bar yeah, we'd yeah. go to a bar, we'd play darts, have a couple drinks, like that was our weekly, the That's whole shop great. would go. One night, Chris and I show up, Joe was like, you know, supposed to be there, and he didn't. And we're the only ones there. And we're like, where is everybody? Well, nobody was there. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. And Chris is like, no, I'll just have one drink. And I said, no, I don't want to have one drink with you. You know, right. no, I'm going to go. And he's just sit down and have one drink. I'm like, fine. Well, <laughs> about five drinks later, we realize what was going on all of this time between us and Joe and how we didn't really, like, not like each other. We're actually pretty Kind of alike. Yeah. So ironically, no, we started dating um, on the side, and we didn't want to tell our, anybody at the shop because... Conflict of interest. Yes. Yeah. And um, our boss, our boss's very good friend that also worked with the company, uh, was getting married, and he invited Chris and I both to the wedding, and everybody's trying to set Chris up with dates, and I'm, they're like, who are you bringing? You know? And I'm like, oh, uh -oh. you know? <laughs> well, that's how we told everybody. That's is we showed up. Yep, we showed up to the wedding together, and everybody, the whole wedding party's jaws just, like, dropped in the second we walked in because 
they all knew our yeah, relationship. They're, they're like, <laughs> These two are competitors. <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of the story. Now, Joe, this leads to more life stuff. Okay. Actually, it's pretty Perfect. cool. So, Joe, who is our good friend, he left Goodyear at the time. He wanted to own his auto, his own auto shop, and um, Just Tires wasn't franchising at the time. It was, but and he kind of wanted to go back to Goodyear, but Merlin. Uh, Merlin Muffler and Brake at the time, then eventually became Merlin 200,000 Mile Shops. Um, Joe went and bought his first franchise. I have a new setting on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Joe went and bought uh, out in, um, oh gosh, over by Hinsdale. Uh, he bought his first, his four, not like mechanic shop. Uh, oh yes, I'm just trying to think of the town. It's on the, but anyway, he bought his first shop, nice. and um, after Chris and I had been together for a couple of years, you know, Chris wanted to do the same thing. He wanted to own his own business, his own shop. That right. he, he was always a mechanic as well. Did, did you, when he brought that up to you and was like sharing his passions, did you think you wanted to become an entrepreneur at that time too? Would you guys want um, to get into that? Or? Well, that's the thing. I, we wanted to own our own businesses. No. Um, that was his passion. Was automotive i was good at what i did right and i knew i could make good money but that's why i say the golden handcuffs you can keep paying right. me more and more and um so over the years i got to that point where you know i told my boss like i'm just not loving this you know where guys are coming in like i can't and we're talking i i'm dealing with mechanics who are also 40 year old men at the time when i'm in i'm 20 in my early 20s right. um there's just even an it age just, leadership thing no, it wasn't great, but what Goodyear did in the meantime is they were paying for my college. They had college um, reimbursement 100%. They paid for my husband, and they paid for me. And so, so you went to college at what point now? Yeah, how so old were you then when you finally So I think I was about uh, 22, 23, after I'd been a few years. Um, what? You don't have to go to college right when you're 18? No. Wow. <laughs> But because I always wanted to go, and then I didn't do the Army thing, and then I came back, and, like, here I'm working for this good company, and although I don't love it, they keep paying me more. Right. Now they're offering me. They actually had this program. I was the last person on the program before they canceled it. Wow. So <laughs> they brought that to my attention and said, and my husband was already doing it at the time. He was, like, a year in. It took him like seven years through college, I think, to get his four-year degree just because, you know, all of what just we timing, did. timing, right. Yeah, but he was taking advantage of that, and then finally I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I should really do this. Now I can go to college, but I was working about 70 hours a week, and then putting in my college was in the evenings. I took night classes um, six days a week. You know, I was there People on Saturdays. remember this when you say you don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> no, yep. I put in 60, 70 hours a week. Um, I was working six days, and then I, I started, I got my associates in um, Orland Park at Robert Morris College because they had an accelerated program there, and I just wanted to rock it out because what Goodyear was going to pay for was um, something that was related to the to the business, right? Sure. And I didn't want to be a mechanic. so Yeah, did you go into entrepreneurship? Or I went into um, business management, yeah, so yeah. I got my bachelor's in bus uh, business degree. Um and uh, so there, though, they had an accelerated program. So I got my associates like in a year and three months just going wow. night school and rocking it out and doing as good as I could. And, you know, I'm also very competitive with myself. So, I mean, I'd still be up till midnight every night doing my homework. I wanted straight A's. Like, I'm not going to go to college and waste it and just get just get by with grades. Mm -hmm. um, so I pushed myself. And um, 
it was kind of about, I had about uh, the last year left, and then I, <laughs> I decided Goodyear's going to pay for it. I'm going to the best college that I can, and then ended up going to DePaul for my second um, two years for my bachelor's and got my associates at Robert Morris. Sure. Um, but while I was there, I was also a writer you know, for the school newspaper. I enjoyed doing that. And the program that I got into there, which I don't know if it still exists, um, but it was called School for, for New Learning at the time. And it's kind of like today it's a little they were way ahead of of what Super was going on yeah um you had you were supposed to be 26 to get into the program but they let me get in early mm -hmm. just because of you know just everything leading, yeah. Who you are, yeah um but the program wasn't like your typical you you know you have a lecture and then you take a test or you write a paper and you turn it in but there was no like final exams and things like that there wasn't nice. tests there were no tests that's awesome it was all writing so it was research it was um life skills that you put into writing and wow. your your class was based on your work and what it's you almost like a practitioner and then a contemplation model of it's like a constant dissertation like you're yeah. always like yes and that's that's pretty i'm sorry Screen i don't know I'm doing oh no that's, that's totally fine <laughs> I, I i can uh, you see what happens i'm so busy my phone never stops yeah. which makes me cringe um but anyway, uh, no, it, I, I really enjoyed it because I, I thought I might want to get into writing like journalism or something at the time or, you know, being a reporter or something like that. I always thought would be maybe kind of cool, but um, but it still wasn't like my passion. I got I got done with my um, I got done with my bachelor's and my husband and I were were now a year of dating and uh, Joe who went back and, and bought this Merlin, told Chris, like, this is a great franchise, good company, let's go. So Chris and I decided we were going to buy our buy first in. shop. Mm -hmm. yeah. Darien, that's the town. Anyway, we were going to buy We were gonna buy a shop after Joe was doing so well. And, um, and were so you guys in a position to be ready to buy a shop yeah, right like, away? Did or you, how yes. did you guys oh actually oh my gosh. Rapid? Did Let you go through a you. bank? Yes, let me tell you, this is other stuff that you kids don't get. Yes, and an entrepreneur needs to know how to start. And how do you find yeah. Well, and here's the thing. It's still, a lot of this has gone away, and big corporations don't even have this. You don't hear about tuition reimbursement so mo so much anymore. Hardly. Um, there are a handful of companies out there that I hear once in a while when I tell people this, but it's really just not a thing that most of the time you guys even know mm -hmm. that, yeah, we can go find a job with yeah, a really great company that like will contribute. study programs, I well, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but then when I started working, like I knew I got paid, I got paid pretty well and I had to budget, right? You guys got to figure out how to budget and pay your bills. I, I made enough that I could say I was always kind of a saver too. My dad never was. Nice. He like, you know, he wants a new keyboard up oh, buying it. When you yep. saved, you know? did you make that money work or did you kind of at the time didn't know how to make that money work? So no, I didn't in. know quite yet. I wanted to, like, I started putting money into a savings account, right? Okay. What does that give you? Like a 0.001% yeah, interest rate or something. So, so, um, what I did was, so I went with our, you know, Goodyear had all these options of putting your money into a 401k or IRA, IRAs, uh, Roth IRAs and yep. things like that. Well, at the time, the most you can contribute was like 16%. They, they, ca they capped it and then they matched. Really? They matched. A, a, That's a, probably why they capped they it. They matched it. The right. Yeah. So I put in the maximum amount from the time I started with Goodyear and yeah. into a 401k. And, um, that let us, and Chris did the same, although I, I started a little bit sooner than he did, even though, you know, he, so he had his parents. So is that how you when you moved on? Yes. So when we went to go buy our first store, 
we both had money set aside in a 401k that we were able to roll over into a down payment for our business. That's brilliant. So was Chris growing up like through just showing a little bit of background on him? Was he more financially fit in, in a family or yes. a little bit more stability? Maybe we are quite the opposite, but okay. that, it made us perfect for what we have now. But I used to team. I used to tease him that he was the Brady Bunch family less four kids because it was just <laughs> him and his brother. But his parents truly um, his dad was an engineer, an incredibly intelligent guy. Wow. Um, he worked for Ford for a little while. Um, he invented stuff that you guys use today, like parts and like oh, your washing machine and your dryer <laughs> and, and uh, buses that have handicap lifts and things like that. So he wow. was really super smart. Um, that got Chris into uh, racing. He was with, um, oh, Jack, race car driver. I'll think of him in a minute. But anyway, Roush, Roush Racing. So uh, Chris's dad and Roush uh, were, were buddies, and they did some car work together. Well, Chris, as a kid, started go-karting and then got into um, the racing stuff, and he would help on the racetrack and stuff with Roush wow. Racing. Yeah. So that's yeah. what really got him interested in cars and all of that. Um, but his dad, being an engineer, higher education, master's degree back right. then, also not super common. His mother, she got a master's degree as well in wow. college. So he, had, he had brilliant parents. He yes. had very academia parents. Yep. Now, this gets me to thinking about it too. His mother, was she got her uh, master's in special education. But then she never really went back to work. Like she subbed and she whatever. But she helped okay. raise the kids, helped sub. Um, w she became the town of Livonia, Michigan. They called her the tree Are lady. Are still she around today? No. Okay. So um, why it gives me the chills was because like she could never like sh all, sh all she wanted to do was like have grandkids. Like when we got mm -hmm. together, me and Chris <laughs> didn't have kids until five years after we got married. <laughs> she, like we were planners. How right away when you're together is like, when are the kids coming? Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's all she ever wanted. And so um, it wasn't until I graduated. So I ended up um, pregnant my right at the end of I graduated in 2002 from DePaul. So it was like right, right at that time because um, – she was going to, they were coming to my graduation, mm -hmm. and she ended up passing away about a week before my graduation. Wow, I'm sorry. And, yeah, thank you. So it was really hard because um, I had miscarried before mm -hmm. I had Lane and know this young people. That's so common, and people don't talk about it. My mother right. did as well. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's more common than most people realize. But, um, and me and Chris were trying because we were planners. We're like, yeah, okay, so I'm going to graduate. I was going to ask, did you... Did you guys want kids? Were you nervous about kids? Was it unexpected? No, because we knew we were buying the shop. We yeah. knew we were financially set for ourselves, yeah. and we were planners. And because I didn't love, love my job, by the time I got my degree, I was like, okay, I want to get my degree, get it done through Goodyear, and then I'll join him in his stuff and or we'll start and trying to have a kid. And they set themselves up. They were, you, know, you were constantly being proactive. You were looking into the future yes. to know what the next step was. And, and, and nowadays we see a lot of people just act reactively, well, you know, and it's not – and I always say that because it's just it's the truth. So many people start with a whim or a limb of an idea. They go and they don't have a backup plan or don't have, you know, any future plans. And having those can kind of really set yourself up to excel. Do you think like if you would have if any of those plans in the future were to um, have gone to the wayside or, or not with what you guys had planned, you would have stopped having kids or was. No, no, no. It was, you know, like I said, we planned knowing that I was about 
you know, uh, we were ready. We were financially set. We actually bought a house together um, before we were married. And, you know, his parents hated that. Still made us sleep in separate bedrooms when we'd visit the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, So they were super old-fashioned. But we just figured if it didn't work, it didn't work. We split, we go our separate ways. But, you know, we also thought it was better to invest in buying a house and, you know, have some equity in it, not waste our, you know, not waste our rent. Let your money work. Yeah, and that's why I got interested in real estate. But um, he... It was, um, we just, we just kind of planned it all out. Well, because I miscarried and then we tried and tried, you know, a little bit for probably another year mm-hmm. at that time, I was kind of like, all right, this is not going to happen. Sure. And so, um, I was going to go back to college and get my, I wanted to go back for what I was passionate for. Mm-hmm. Music. So going back to music, oh, I wanted to be either exciting. like a music producer or engineer. Sure. Um, I was really into like, you guys have all this equipment now, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it wasn't a thing back then. And now, you know, it was cool. Like, you know, having, being able it was to like analog mix, equipment. mix your music and doing all this cool stuff now and sound machines and things that we didn't have before. Like it was yeah. so cool to me. And so I applied for Columbia um, in down in Chicago. Chicago. And um, was ready and prepared to go on and do that. Well, then I got pregnant. So hey, <laughs> I was like, okay, now the timing. Maybe I always feel like I'm not a you know like a religious. How does that feel like being like all right? I'm pregnant. I'm definitely having a kid now. Like, what is that like being a non-parent and saying, all right, now I'm gonna be a. Parent. Well, you know, I mean, I grew up with my siblings, and you know, you had a mother in law. Yeah, and like I said, if I was gonna get out of doing what I didn't love, and Chris and I planned it, and we always knew we wanted to have a couple kids yeah. that I always wanted three because that's how like my sister and brother um that were close with me and now I have another brother he's actually 20 years younger than I am but yeah. uh half brother but um we it was just kind of the thing that you think about when you know 20 years ago we were like women had they they got married they had kids we stayed home right. mm-hmm. but I always said I wasn't gonna have kids until I was 30 I was like yeah. I just I wanted to ha- have you my way life ahead of your time yeah. I just wanted That's to have my life first, you yeah. know, and yeah. um, Chris and I, we spent those five years doing a lot of traveling. Like we always went to places and had our fun and we both wanted to like do that stuff before we had kids. So we did. Smart. And then, um, yeah. So then uh, when we found out, unfortunately, um, it was a little bit before I graduated and um, Chris's parents were supposed to come here for my graduation. Well, his mother had just passed away. And uh, so we went and did her funeral and all that stuff and then uh it was you know within a week or so that uh, I was graduating and so his dad wasn't going to come but that was when I was going we were going to tell them that we were pregnant and so we never got the chance to do that and so the funeral stuff it was really hard for Chris because everybody kept saying oh she knows she knew she knew but we didn't get to tell her like in person and so that's been very very hard for him over the years now that leads to my son, mm-hmm. who Lane, um, the best kid ever, but Lane so was born good. with Down syndrome. And so Man, with his I grandmother, who was the special education teacher, and she never got to meet this kid, like everybody was like, she knew, like this was her doing, like, yeah. I don't know. It's so hard to think about it because we're not like religious people. We don't go right. to church every weekend, but doesn't mean we don't have beliefs yeah, um, or your own philosophy but we on. we do believe things happen for a reason like sure. so everything we just talked about like when something intervenes like 
hey, it was supposed to be that way, and this yeah. is why I didn't go in the army, and, and I this think, is why yeah. I ended up with Goodyear. I ended up with my husband, and then there's definitely you know, something there's there something the higher because you know, and, and that's just really cool to see how that's all connected. I think that's even just something in my personal life that I've realized, like growing my business is just at such a young age, and all the things in the things that have happened with our family and stuff yeah. like that. It seems that for some reason all this stuff somehow works out, and it's like it, it's a clear plan because like. Every time you're scared about it, it's about to be the last second or lose it, something comes along and it just makes sense. I know? wanted to touch because um, I have a sister who has autism yeah. and having kids is something that maybe I do want to do when I'm older. I'm not necessarily entirely sure yet, but how how is it like how did you prepare yourself? Like how did you when did you realize that your your son had Down syndrome and and well, we didn't, what is we something didn't know. that you can do to brace yourself as a young person like yeah. okay, I want kids? If this is going to be what happens, like how how do you prepare for that? What what are some tips that you could give from your experience? Um, ultimately, like I said, we were planners, but I feel like kids have no concept today of managing their money, manage having uh, how to pay their bills, how to even go get a job. Can you write a resume? How right. do you how do you apply? Like, I'll tell you, I got into, <laughs> I was a little. Uh, in the face of everybody at a board meeting at our school, we, you know, my kids go to a little small school here in Newark, um, but they created home ec program again, and which was great, you know, learn to cook. They had to take a foods class. It's well, then they were like gonna take a sewing, they wanted the kids to take a sewing class. Well, I'm like, wait a second here. Here's my son who's a special needs kid and he's in your high school and he loves the foods part of it. He likes to cook, like he really enjoys it's, that. It's something he's passionate about. Yes. Um, but they were teaching in one of his classes, he had to take a full like semester of sewing. And I fought with them, I'm like, why is my kid learning how to sew? Well, he should know how to sew a button. No, no. When was the last time you sewed a button? Any of you know how to sew a button? <laughs> I, no. I, I, I give it to because, grandmas to well, sew. But yeah. in this day and oh, age, it too. <laughs> it, and it's not that hard, but really is that a life skill that you need to survive no. today? No, no, I just did crap. And I think so many people right. try to guide you through a, a plan they want for you. But like if you know, like for me, I was passionate. I know where my future is. I know where I want to be in the next 10 years, right? I know how to set myself up. And then people are like, wow, why wouldn't you do this? Because they want you to go down this other path. But you can fundamentally help yourself if you know your path you're going down already. And put the right things in place so you can really excel yourself within that. And yeah. That's so what did you well, say to the school? Well, the principal yeah. was like, so there's this all of these parents. It's like a parent meeting and teachers, staff, whatever. And the and the principal's like, well, you know, it's a life skill. Kids should know how to sew a button or whatever. And I go, when was the last time you sewed a button? And he's like, well, you know, I, I haven't, he but I could. I yeah. could. Okay, but you probably either throw that shirt away or you take it to your dry cleaner if you really loved it that much and said sew a button. I go, but when was the last time you asked one of these kids to go balance a checkbook? Do you guys still do that? And he's like, well, you know, an economics class or whatever. Do you have economics in our small town? No. I go, now, Lane, who is a special education kid, he gets more life skills in his special ed classes than which – he goes to Yorkville right. half day for that. Um, he gets more life skills than the average kid in your in your school. Wow! So they learn to cook. They learn to do laundry. They go. You see these guys that right. are going yeah, taking seen. their trips to Target yep. because they're learning how they're to, learning how to have a budget pay for how many groceries they need, what it is that they have to have, how much they can spend and still have money and, and know how much change you're supposed to get back or whatever. They don't do that 
in high school right, anymore. Don't. I don't yeah. know if they do in Yorkville, no. but no. we're no. in learning. No, 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 no. See, and this is why now you're going into college and they're not teaching you that either because you so still have your two years of gen ed. Correct. And then hopefully you can figure out what it is you want to study by that point. And I can tell you uh, handfuls of, of people that I know that even by the year four of college, they still didn't know what they wanted to do and oh. they're still living at home. I have handfuls yeah, of friends that are in that position right it now. Is. But that was my argument. I said, you know what? If you can't teach these kids how to you know, go back to the basics, how do I get a job? How do I create a resume? I was really great at putting a resume together. I could fluff that thing up and make you look great, whether you really, you know. Like, like yeah, like, it's like kids need to know, like, I, can, I know where the doctor's office is, but what do I need? How do I read my insurance card? How do I hand that? Like, we don't teach insurance and 401ks yeah. and all of those things. Uh, and if we taught those things, imagine how much in school at an early age, if we mm -hmm. taught everything I learned within my businesses of starting a business, you know, with taxes, with insurance, all these things you never have any idea of. And it's really just a whim. And, you know, I took it. It's where morning of a learning route is where you learn as you go. Right. And then you meet mentors uh, such as Chrissy, you know. And you learn from these people, right? And you have to constantly be out there and seeking for yourself. But if we were doing this at such a young age, imagine how much far along or yeah. further along the kids could be, right? Mm -hmm. You could be understanding or making a direct path to get to your passions eventually in life. Like I say now, what I'm doing is not necessarily my passion, but I find a way that it's connected to me to make a passion so I can work with it. But it's not truly my passion, what I'm doing right now. I'm doing this so I can set myself financially up to follow my passions later in life. For sure. Um, Chrissy, I want to ask. Did it and get harder or easier as you had more kids? I would like to say, too, Lane, I mean, you got to meet him. Lane is. I would love to meet like him. Like, he. You guys should he, interview him. Yeah. That would be fun. We, we actually do once a month for the show. We do. Because it's about Gen Z. We interview someone who's specifically in Gen Z to just share their life experience. He's brilliant. He's yeah, really he's, he's an amazing kid. He's awesome. awesome. So, yeah. You know, Lane, and see, when we say things, I feel that things happen for a reason. I mean, we didn't expect that he was going, I'm as healthy, like, you know, um, my doctor had no idea that I would have a kid with Downs. When, when um, do you find that out? Like, how long does it well, take? Well, there are tests now, there are tests that you can find out, okay. um, and typically you don't have that test unless you want it when you're older. Like, it's usually because the risk is higher to have a child with Downs when you're over 35. And so, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, but they didn't test test me. We never would have even thought about it. What age did you it. start having kids at? So I always said I didn't want to, I wanted to wait till I was 30. I had Lane when I was 29. Okay. okay. So, so you were pretty close. like, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, you right. stayed on track with But it plan. was because of, again, you know, the job and where Chris and I had met at that time. And I didn't want to get married until I was right. 30. But you know what I mean? Like, but I was key, 20. The key here is you, you adjust. Yes. Right? I wanted mm. to ask, a lot of the tests for Down syndrome are kind of controversial just because they have to yes. stick something up into the vagina and then poke the baby. And no. It, or is that wrong? That's No, that's not okay. correct. Can so, you talk about the process then? So um, it's uh, an amniot amniocentesis is the name mm -hmm. of the process. So basically they take a little needle, which, okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. After I had Lane, um, th my doctor suggested that I get that test before mm -hmm. I had more kids, just so that it, it wasn't because I would have aborted or changed mm -hmm. anything, sure, sure. but more or less to be prepared. Because when I had Lane, none of us knew. We weren't prepared. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it was like the best day and the worst day of my life to not know and never have a special needs person in my life. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was different back then. And Is there a large awareness nowadays? Well, there this? wasn't when Lane was born, and he's only going on 18. Right. So in a couple weeks, um, <laughs> 10 days, I think he's counting the days wow. down right now. <laughs> but it, I, it still wasn't even called 
Down syndrome. Like I get they they handing me some pamphlets and it's like here you go and good luck. I was sure. like, uh, what do I do? You know. Yeah. So I had no idea. But now it it's definitely in all kids with special needs of all sorts um, were are being more recognized for their abilities rather than their lack lack oh, thereof. Yeah. Um. So it's it's definitely a lot different. Um. But that was part of the reason. You know, I said that I wanted to move to Chicago. Well, we bought our first store, our first Merlin's, um, in Aurora. Which, when I lived in Aurora, that land was just land, and I kind of it walked. wasn't as populated as it is now. No, we were living in Woodridge at the time, um, and so we didn't think that. I I told my husband, I said, I I lived out there. There's no way that <laughs> that's going to be a great area. Well, it turned out to be the best because that's our baby. We bought that 1998, was our first um, shop, and uh, it's a great location, I think. Actually. Yeah, and like it's and we say it's our baby because that's the one that we will we won't sell until my husband's ready to to not. And you opened um, more Merlin. We or, had numerous or, yeah. shops over the years, bought them, sold them, and this is the thing. This is what I've just I've been having this conversation with my staff here over the last week, um, for many other reasons. But okay. you know, my husband and I, we get in a shop, we make it successful, we do really well. Well, then we have a manager that we put in place. And if this guy says, hey, I want to own a store. Great. How do I help you do that? I sell it to them. We make a couple bucks. Now they have their own business. We did awesome. it. We actually flipped a couple. Do you think it's important too for business owners to realize when they need to sell instead of holding on to a business that's going down? Is or do you think strategy it's important? No. Um, what I think is, like, for you, my advice is, like, don't get yourself into too much business right. because that's – having one lead to another is fine, but you really need to concentrate on – and that's things. where and you you're all you're that i want to <laughs> do a little bit of everything but sure. if you're concentrating a little bit if you more stay on in your lane a little and bit. that's where like we're yes. that's what i've like realized like all these things that's where i'm trying i'm really segregating just to my one medical transport business right and that's where i'm really trying to grow but i'm setting up teams in place like i know what i can do and manage them the other things so I'll, those might not grow to high expectations right away because i just can't get those implemented now because i understand you can't divide I'm up crazy like that, but I'm able to build teams now. And if I can do that effectively and trust them, it allows me to start those things still and keep a consistent way of even just having extra income coming in and supporting that. But really my primary focus now I would say is my medical transport business. And probably that will be my next real focus for the next three to four years, just within the, within the amount of fleets we're rolling out. It's and crazy. Like when and we have conversations with, with uh, other mentors and older people, it's it's just She's not. brilliant. Well, not, not older. <laughs> I'm more older. Th I'm probably older double than us. I'm just double you. Than us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I think we're even still young because the the age range in the United States has been growing steadily. I mean, it, you, like in the early 2000s, it was like 80, and now it's like high 80s, and then you know it'll be 90s after that. So we are all in our youth. Yeah. But from the time and the experiences that you've had, like every year and every time we talk. Ethan and I see it is growing up and experiencing and learning and like and we're constantly adjusting and so learning important. like things that we say now that we want we realize okay with experience and knowledge from others and learning okay this may not be doable right? right so then we're adjusting and building and that's just super important to realize is that we're in a growing position always we're always constantly learning and that's why we love to listen you know and we're, we're constantly seeking knowledge about of, of what we can grasp and I think one of the biggest things is we realize that we have to be vulnerable with ourselves like I like to I spill out what I'm thinking I spill out my thoughts because that's me and if I'm not acknowledging these things now I'm not waiting till I'm 40 years old to acknowledge these mm -hmm. things I want to acknowledge this now because I get past those points because that's what allows me to keep going and I think being so vulnerable with myself um, you know I still learn and make lots of mistakes but 
I also decipher. I don't, I don't trust everything every person tells me. I take their knowledge and, and see what does that mean for me. And maybe that's not the best influence for myself. And part of that's just taking a risk as a, you know, as an entrepreneur. And all those different things have added up to like me really uh, gaining a, a higher knowledge of exactly what I'm wanting to do. But again, I, I still think I'm very naive and I'm well, constantly. Well, you're still very young and you're dabbling in lots of things until and I'm kind of getting a feel. Like you need to find that thing that eventually, yes, it makes you money but it also makes you happy too oh, so yeah. you know when I by the time I left Goodyear what they did for me um in my last couple years there they I, t I kept telling my boss okay I'm done I'm done and to be honest if I can't I don't know can I swear on this show yeah, 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 yeah. I, s I straight up told my boss I said the next man that comes in and gives me shit I'm gonna tell him to fuck off and I'm done like <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like okay wait a second so he basically said I need you because I was good um and I worked with a bunch of old you know 40 oh. 50 year old mechanics at the right. time and service managers you know and so he put me in a training position um, so I started working, um, doing training for these guys and um, it, it to be managers or to be owners in time. And uh, like the golden handcuffs, you know, by the time I left, I was making almost about $100,000 a year. Nice. I was. And how old are you at the time? I was <laughs> 20, almost 20, about 26, I think. That's yeah. awesome. So 13 years. Uh, no, it was longer. So 13 years I put in with that company. Um, but I got to where I was working four days a week. He, I had a company car, laptop. I could go to you any store. I could do whatever I wanted as long as I said, here, I did this today, you know. Right. Um, so it was great, but I still wasn't happy. Um, so all the money in the world, like they say, I didn't have all the money, but I certainly had enough to, to do what I needed to yeah. do. Um, we got our college, we bought our first house, and then now let's just buy our own shop. And so we did that. and. Um, and then I had Lane. I literally, um, I was supposed to go on maternity leave and Lane, the last day that yeah. I was supposed to do a training, uh, a class for it, uh, for their training center was when I went into labor with him. So about three weeks early and, uh, that was my last day yeah. and my boss knew it. He knew he was cool. Like he knew what I was getting to and he knew we were planning. And so that's kind of, that's where that ended. Um, and then um, we started buying and selling the Merlin shops. And then uh, during this time, after I had Lane, we were we moved from Woodridge back out here because our first shop was in Aurora. Nice. Um, I wanted to be that stay-at-home mom. That wasn't me, though. Like, I needed to do something. I couldn't sure. watch ER episodes forever. <laughs> I mean, whatever, during the day. It but was hard. I, I will say, though, it, it's a full-time career, I feel like, being a mom. Like, I can't even Oh, imagine. for sure. It, and that's like sure. a total balance. I it's see it with my partner, Dawn, too. It's like... You know, it's, it's, it's especially with working inside your home, like you need to have that divide. And I think that's where, I mean, it's a, it's completely two full-time things. And, and I would say that like, even when, like such as Elon Musk and stuff, like, you have to be developing, you know, hundreds of hours into your startup business a week. I mean, so many people, I think when they think of a business right away, they think that they're just pulling money. If anything, like for me, it's, I'm pulling the least amount of money in my company so I can make that float and keep growing, mm -hmm. you know? And, and a lot of people look at it as they just want that financial sta stability right away. And, and then you got to get to a point of which is a manageable financial stability and grow from there. But yeah, you know, and you know, and that's, that's kind of where I was at. It, it wasn't that I, you know, I just, I needed to do something outside of the house a yeah, little bit here and yeah. there. And I just needed to feel like that, I was contributing so a little bit. real estate really came in? Yeah. So, um, we moved. So my first house that I bought, mm -hmm. which was in Woodridge, Chris Did and I bought it together. Did you close that yourself? 
we bought it together um, before we got married. And uh, we were looking at like the biggest dumps, you know, because we were like a fixer up. Yes. To do. And we thought, well, if we buy ourselves something that we can fix up and flip or whatever, um, when we figured, oh, we'll stay there for five years or so and then turn around and sell it. Oh, it was about seven years later. <laughs> we had Lane right. and we realized how small the house was. But we bought the house for one hundred and nineteen thousand dollars. It was um, two story, three beds. It was nice. probably about mm, 13, 1400 square feet. It wasn't okay. a big house, but yeah, no. in Woodridge, Downers Grove area. Um, it's a good, good area. Yeah, though. it was a great area. Near so the city. it was, uh, it was an awful house. It flooded, and like I hated every little thing. But it, it, it was, it was great for us at the time. Well, then when Lane was born, we realized like the bedrooms are so small that I had like one bedroom was like a closet for me. <laughs> now I have to take away my closet and try to like share with Chris. Oh, it's off. It was awful. <laughs> um, and so we realized like Is your it closet was, huge now. I'd hope. Oh my gosh, Lane's bedroom there fits in my closet. Would fit in my closet oh now. Wow. But um, that's awesome. We uh, that house though, I'll tell you. I sold it for two hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars. How much? Wow. How much? Did you yeah. How much did up? you put in? Mm, I mean, over seven years' time. I don't know. I mean, it was carpet and paint, and nice. you know, it wasn't yeah. like it flooded. Our biggest expense, you know, the basement had flooded, which we found out after the fact. This is why it was a problem. But um, th there were stairs that went down into like the basement area. But it wasn't a basement. It was like a bi-level house. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was like our rec space. Like we had a bar down there and pool right. table and stuff, and it got frustrating. Just even having an inch of water on the floor was like it was just awful. So that's when we were like, okay, fine, and then we need a bigger space, you know, now that we're having kids. Um, but we put drain tiles in, and, you know, that's a $10,000 deal right there. Yeah, but, but still, but I mean, still minimal, really well. minimal. I mean, I don't even think we put 40 grand into it probably over the awesome. years of just yeah, like replacing things and yep. fixing things. And we did a lot of it ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, when we sold that, we made that. I was like, all right, here's our down payment for our other house. And we ended up building out in uh, Montgomery, uh, nice. kind of over by Orchard. At the time, it was it what year is this? I want to know. It's not developed uh, yet. So, right? no, Lane, Lane is uh, almost 18. He was a year old. So I don't know. Do the math. Seven. Yeah, that's uh, 2004. Um, yeah. So yeah. it was it was then. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So while he was a baby, he did a lot of, you know, he needed physical therapy. He needed speech. He needed all the stuff, even like right out of the gate. You have a kid. He's a month old and he right. needs therapy. We're already doing it. So like I was doing a lot of that at home. But that was like, OK, that was kind of cool when we bought that house just looking. And then we made this like I want to start looking at houses. So I started just throwing him in the car and go drive around and eventually um, hooked up with a real estate agent who happened to be one of our customers through Merlin's at the time. Nice. So networking. And that's what's really cool mm -hmm. is their business. They're meeting so many people and they're the ones fixing everyone's problems. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So they're meeting so many people through that business and mm -hmm. it's just a great networking business. That's why service businesses I love because we're able to, to have those base and you have all those contacts of people you're meeting with and you For can tap sure. into that. For yeah. sure. Yep. Um, so yeah. So uh, she started finding me houses that I liked and, and we'd buy it and flip it and go how, on to the next one. How many did you do? How many in that time? Did I you don't know. I can't even tell you. Many so over the years. And then it, I, I bought our first like rental property um, probably by the time Lane was about, 
I don't know, eight, I would guess. Because okay. I had already had, like, as the, he started going to school when he was three, the bus was picking him up already. It was, like, <laughs> yeah. scary, you yeah. know, because he did that early childhood stuff. And then my other kids were about two years each um, after Lane apart. Everybody, all of them are right about a year and a half to two years apart to two oh. and a half, like, right there. Um, so, yeah, I would always, like, just throw the kids in the car, and I'd start looking at houses. Well... My real estate agent at the time, basically over the years, kind of said, you know, you just put my kids through college with like what I did with her because her commission and it got to be really like I'd find the house. I would tell her to meet me there. Yeah, all of a sudden you were being the agent. Well, yeah, uh, and she knew that. She basically said, Christy, you should just get your license. And if you ever <laughs> do, I will I will share my clients or when I retire, I'll give you my clients like wow. And so that's kind of where we're at. She kind of mentored me in the real estate end of it. Now, she's still doing it to this day, now retired, like she just does a little bit here and there. Yeah, but awesome. um, I didn't really want to be an agent for other people. And right. that's the one thing about the service industry in time, that it's the negativity too. Like you do want to be happy in your life. You don't always, I call it the fake voice. You don't always put that fake voice and try to make everybody right. else happy. Like I wanted to be happy. Yeah. I want to do it for me now yeah, and not 100%. necessarily have to deal with the drama of, you know, whether I just found you the house of your dreams and now, yeah. you know, it crumbled, it, you know, the floor crumbled through or yeah. whatever. Like I just don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. So I just enjoyed looking. I like to take the crappiest house on the block and make it, equivalent to the the nicest house on the block you think your kids growing up with parents such as your guys self did that is that giving them a fuel of an inspiration that's different are you guys when you're yeah we just got back from florida and my 12 year old spent an entire sunday looking at real estate in florida hell (laughs) yes she wants to be a luxury uh home agent now yeah Yeah, that's fantastic so that's really Uh, cool that uh, you're seeing it like the same traits and skills that you grew up with, you're being able to uh, disseminate to your children. Well, here's the difference, though. I I say this all the time. Okay. I want to empower my kids to do what it is that they love and something that they're passionate about. And I want them to be kids. I want them to have life experiences. Um, and they they have music in their blood. That's how it came to be. The now. Dancing. Yes. Yeah. So my, my kids started dancing when they were two each. So Mackenzie, who's my second oldest, Elaine, she started taking dance classes when she was two years old, you know, and then she got on a team when she was four. And then at each age, you know, kids started taking classes, but right. she just loved it. Um, and this was something that they love. And I loved that I was able to say here, I could take my kids to do something that they love and they enjoy. And I en- enjoy it that they're doing it. Sure. And um, so, yeah, they... Yeah, but now... What made you guys decide, okay, it's time to open our own dance studio? Well, (laughs) I mean, really, the biggest thing is... um, we, were, we bought our house, so we left Montgomery, yep. and we moved out. I wanted to find a house, like, when the market was bad, 12 years ago, it was like people were people were losing their stuff, right, at that sure. time. Um, but we were just dabbling into rental properties and, you know, get growing a little bit more in the real estate stuff that I was doing at the time. And so I thought, well, this is the perfect time to find that house that I want my kids to grow up in, right. you know. Home. Yeah, and my husband came from, like, the Detroit outskirts area so he wanted to be more small town even though I always said I wanted to be more city mm-hmm. when you have a child with special needs and then you have younger kids and I don't want them to grow up to, into 
I, I want I don't want them to be naive, but I'm very realistic with my kids, <laughs> straight up. Um, yeah. I don't hide things. They ask a question, and that's good. And that's I, what, I think that's key. what made us. Our parents were very transparent with us. We knew if there was problems and we weren't able to meet bills or stuff, we knew. Like you know, yeah. and and that's what made us and fueled us inside. We knew there were problems at a young age, and we mm-hmm. it wasn't like okay, us growing it up problems sheltered. weren't shocking. Problems yeah. were normal. It was something we had to deal with, and. And that's what made us so strong and I think able to conquer so much. So that's super important. Do you think there's parents that are maybe unfit or not ready to be parents and they should wait to a different point in time to, to do that? Or do you think it's a complete learning experience as being a parent completely? Or do you think there's a point in your life where you should be looking and saying, like, for me, I think nowadays, you know, you guys were in a position to have kids. You were financially set. Do you think parents that aren't financially set and aren't there to maybe be that stability for those kids to really fully develop aren't there? Should they have kids? or, or Well, or and that's the thing. I feel like, you know, my husband had that great life growing up, and that's the way he saw things, and you have higher education in your life, and your parents help you, yeah. you know, along the way. That's what he had. Like, it was, he had a great, great upbringing. Um, I had the complete opposite yeah I can relate. um yeah. and so that's why we both look at things a little from a little different perspective but i want for my kids what my husband had yeah. i also want for my kids to have what i didn't which was more a childhood i don't want them so they don't have they don't have like they don't get allowances and stuff sure, yeah <laughs> but they have responsibilities that's awesome and so I mean, since COVID, let's see, um, they created my three girls, what they call their three Ds, dinner, dishes, and dogs. <laughs> so whose day is it every day? It's like, oh, whose dinner day, whose dinner day is it? Whose dog day is it? You know, somebody, I, we have two great things. Somebody has to take out the dogs when they need to go, feed them, whatever for the day. Um, somebody does all the dishes when there's six of us in a family. It's just like, just nonstop. Yeah. And, and then we want a good cooked meal. So they all have to cook a dinner. Like yeah. somebody has to cook a dinner every day. And if they wow, dance so at night, they have to. They're getting real skills. Yeah. yeah. And, and you Less actually you said in your bio that you wrote to us that it's hands on. The whole family's a part of this business. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting some knowledge. Well, so are you teaching your kids part of the books? Are you teaching them, yeah. hey, when I bought this land, this was a part of it? Or that. when hard days are happening. I mean, the they, amount of yes. things, like, the hard things are real. Just opening this place, she went through. And how do you do that critically with a child who's maybe doesn't understand? Well, it's yet. hard in our business because the dance world, you know, they there's dance drama, right? They talk about this, they, whoever they sure. are, you know, yeah. you, you've all heard of, heard of that, you know, yeah. dance moms, oh, you I've, know, I've, the like TV the, show. The TLC and, dance you know, um, I, you know, when they were younger, I wouldn't let them watch that because, like, I don't want you to think that this is really how yeah, it is because right. it's like entertainment. It is TV. Yeah, I hope everybody understands that. Yeah. Some of it is mom. legit, but not, not all of it, right? But um, I'm a very straightforward person with my customers as well. You want to ask me a question, I'm going to tell you. I don't, I don't play around. You know, while my kids were younger, you know, we were with another studio. That's what they did, but that studio was also owned by a family. The mother worked the front desk. Um, the owner so was you, the daughter. You kind of saw someone, and you're like, I think I could do this. Well, and that's what it was. Um, and she did good with her business. I don't want to say anything negative uh, about that, but the difference was the way that they did things was what was good for their family and for their business. Right. Um, but it might not have been the direction that was good for my family. And mm-hmm. so I started, we, when we lived, we moved out here to um, Millbrook and now my drive to take the kids to dance. Now I've got three girls on a team, a special needs son. Each way after school was about a 45 minute drive. And so I used to call it my three hour tour. Cause I'm literally, <laughs> you know, I pick up, I have 
food ready for them. They all had their own lunch bags. I picked them up from three different schools. Yeah, you're a booking Then manager. I go drive over there. Exactly. I drive there, and my son, who, you know, he'd have to come along. He he literally could watch a movie every single day on the way there and back because by the time we got there, I have to get the kids, you know, their hairs up in buns and whatever. Then I get back in the car and I drive home. That was my three-hour tour with my son, and it got to be, I, I felt bad for him. Like, I'm doing this for my girls. Here he had just sits in the car every day and, and has to, oh, you know, right. travel with us or whatever. Well, then my husband, he was out at our Aurora shop. He's That's always been, like, our main store. He's there, and so when they close at 6, but my girls are not done until, say, 8 or 9, often he would just stay late at work so that he wouldn't have to come all the way home and go all the that's way back smart, out yeah. there. So. Yeah. And then it got to be where I'm not seeing him till eight or nine at night or later. My girls weren't getting home till nine or ten, and they're still young and in school. They're going, they're doing this five nights a week sometimes, sometimes six days. It, it was just too much. And all I those wanted sacrifices them to be that you're kids. doing, right? Mm -hmm. All those sacrifices you're making. Do you think you had to do it for a certain period of time? I know, like with your future, you're maybe planning to pull back a little bit but do you think in order to get to the current place you're at right now you needed to have those sacrifices well yeah or do you think you could have laid it out differently knowing things you may know now or not really no i mean it's just i knew my kids loved what they were doing i wanted them to be kids i wanted them to enjoy this time and do what they loved because i didn't get to do that and i wanted to be that mom that provided that to them but it got to be, it was just too much, and it wasn't really the direction that I wanted for my kids. Like, they wanted to compete. They wanted to be on a team. And it's great if you want to do this um, throughout their their childhood, but Mackenzie got to the point, like, maybe I want to do this. And do is you part see one of your kids taking the business over here eventually? No, no. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you why in a second. But I think that... Um, you know, I just wanted them to, to be a part of it and be able to do it to the extent that they wanted to without being overwhelmed or having too much. And when you have yeah. to juggle, now the amount of homework these kids were getting in school right. and stuff, it's ridiculous. So their extracurricular didn't mean anything to school outside of the school. Right. And so how did it was your, just too much. How did your and Chris's relationship balance out? Like, obviously, that's two things. You guys are dealing with businesses. You're dealing with, you know, managing properties and stuff like that. And now... You know, you have to provide a certain financial stability. You guys have other businesses and things. How does your guys' relationship look like How are you able to then? keep the love going well, yeah. throughout you know, all of it? Well, it's funny because Good for a, a lot of the time that we were owning shops, like at one point we had three stores at a time, right? So I'd have my mom babysit or whoever, you know, here and there. Um, but I also worked in the shops on occasion because that was also getting me out too. And he knew that I was helping him in his business because – Chris is very set in his ways. I'm a very much like, if there's a better way, you tell me. And if we can make it work better, then let's do that. And it was hard to get him to change his ways. So it was nice because then he was like, all right, you want to change it? Then fine. You start working with me kind of a thing or whatever. Well, we when we had three stores, we couldn't work in the same store anymore. Like, you, you're, you're living together. You're working together. It was just, it, it is hard. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I started working in opposite stores where he was at. We would just kind of rotate around and that way we could see each other in the evenings, you know, but after kids and dance and, you know, we're not getting home until later. And then the kids, it was hard because I think our relationship was good because we didn't see each other so much. And then as we've had kids and did all that, I stayed home. I did stuff that I could do and still take care of the kids. He was playing that role of working every day putting in the hours and we were able to continue paying the bills and, and be saving. So it was a great, it was a great mix. Um, to this day, 
this is Fun Friday. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Fun Friday uh, became a thing when, you know, my husband works all the time. He just walked in the door. That's Chris over there. Yeah, if there anyone on mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, he w he's always working, too. Like, it's a constant, nonstop. And so I finally got to the point, and I said, you know what? We're not, we're not doing stuff with our kids. We're not, y we're not seeing each other and traveling like we used to. And we don't want to be put in that, like, everyday mode where we, we're, all we do is work, and we don't see each other, and we don't do fun stuff, you know? Right. And so um, with the kids, that was where I was kind of like, all right, you know, maybe we need to do back off with the dance stuff. Maybe we need to make some changes or whatever. Um, that kind of came first before um, Fun Friday. But right. when we're talking relationship kind of stuff, I kind of got tired of him working so much all the time. Finally, I'm like, Chris, you need to take a day off. He was working six days a week. And he's a very controlled, <laughs> like, he likes his things a certain way. But when you have Sounds manager. Like me. Well, and one thing that I will say that I learned in working for Goodyear all the years is they teach you to run your business as if it's your own, even if it's not. An, so if I can give you any advice in any job that you do, how would you do it if it was your own? And you'll do How do you? How you do you? Do, so how do you get your employees to feel that way? But like how do you cater what, your employees? Okay, to and do that's that why here? I had that conversation that I mentioned earlier with my staff because they paid us a commission. We had right. to work for that, and so, you know, I walked past a piece of paper on the floor after watching three of my staffers. I'm like, can you not pick up the piece of paper off right. the floor? Come Where's on. your pride? Like, yeah. if this was your business, you would. Yeah. But until you start treating your job as if it's your own, you're not going to be successful. Everyone looks for their job as a paycheck. And, and what could yes. I do? The minimal, the smallest amount of work I can do in order to receive that paycheck. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I worked at um, Casa Santiago right by the river for the oh, longest yes. time. That's where I know you from. Yeah. Yes. You recognize me from Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but I worked there for like four years and I mm. was always there and I was always trying to put the hours in and like, I actually created um, like a work schedule for everyone. Like this is what you do to clean up afterwards because the different employees that would come in and they were always temporary just because they were just trying to make a quick buck and then leave. And I would train those people after being there for so long. And then I was like, we need a set list because nobody knows what to do at the end of the night and they just leave. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I end up doing stuff because I'm the only one that's there besides the bosses. So it's like and I think it's important, too, to also realize if you're in a bad business, don't go work for a business yeah. if you know the owners are bad. I yeah, because then it hurts your reputation. Well, it hurts that, but it's also if you're if you're the business owners aren't understanding your value as well, that's super important, too, because mm -hmm. as a business owner, you should be on the ground like Christy was willing to be and, and go in, inside those shops and help out. You need to yeah. you, you can't have a mindset where you're not you know, if you can't expect someone to do something, you can't do. And I've, I learned that very fast when I just started my business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so you have to be grateful. very reasonable for that. Um, but, the, you know, in that sense, that business owner was more than lucky to have someone like you mm -hmm. do that. Kind right. Of I'm and just glad because it helped me become motivated. What were you going to say? I was going to say, um, and that's kind of what I was, you know, I came back from Florida uh, in the first week of January. And we extended our vacation by a few days because uh, even though I was, I was working while I was on vacation, mm -hmm. which I right. shouldn't be, I was. But I came back and I told my staff, they're all they're all 20-somethings, except for my director. She's 30. But um, it's like... You know, again, do you, what do you want? They're all right. going to college. What do you want to do with yourself? Well, you still don't know. And it's like, well, 
I want to create some new positions around here. So here's the thing. People don't take their roles here. Like and that's you want to build them. a vision. Yeah. I told them, I said, you know what? I'm going to need an owner. I'm going to need an artistic director. I'm going to need a studio director. I'm going to need an office manager. You guys want these opportunities. You start right now because all, it's either going to be that build it together. or I leave. When my kids graduate from high school, my youngest, I, I say my five-year plan because my youngest will graduate in six right now. Okay. But I want to be prepared for that, not necessarily full retirement, but right. be able to do what I want on my time instead of always for everybody else or for mm-hmm. what the business is or whatever. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so I just told them, I'm like, you guys, I get it, get yourself a Franklin planner. It's old school. Okay. But I told them, I said, I, plan. I want you to get a Franklin planner. Well, my reception goes, I just got a new planner. Whatever. I don't really care. I told you to get a Franklin planner. Right. Well, why? Right. There was a reason why I specifically said, pick one out. I will get it for you. Why did you go get a different one when I told you to and, get a Franklin And that's one? where you as an, an employee need to understand that the, you're, you know, someone delegated you that thing in probably for a reason because they right. thought about everything else. Exactly. So don't question it. That yeah. was the key. And that's what I told her. I go, why would I specifically tell you which one to get? <laughs> and, and then you get this one. I go, and the reason for that is because it's not on your cell phone. It's not whatever. But Franklin... If you guys go, you're young. Go look. Franklin Planner was is about planning your time, but also setting goals for yourself. And every day, like there might be, there's different versions. So maybe there's a quote of the day that inspires you for whatever it is that you want. But there's different kinds. It's so like an objective driven. Well, and see, and yes. you can't accomplish. So many people want to accomplish things. Okay, if you just state an idea but don't build a plan, that's one of the main things I constantly say. You're never going to get there. You have to be building a plan. So many people say things that they want to do, and it's just a statement. Until you put actionable steps towards that statement, you're right? not going to get there. A hundred percent. And so that's where like good year and all the training that I did over the years we all had to have a Franklin planner and you know it's a nice binder it's got the calendar whatever but I've never heard of this I'm definitely gonna have to pick one up now yeah Yeah, so when you and they're expensive it's not like going and buying a notebook at Mm -hmm. you know for 10 bucks at Walgreens I I mean it's probably a $200 book and I told her like you pick out your version you can have one with flowers on it or you can have whatever (laughs) like or different quotes or inspirational or whatever it is but you pick that out and then every day, like you write down what it is that I have to do today or what do I need to remember because we, we start a lot of tasks and we don't finish them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you write it down and you say, okay, I've got this list. To this day, I use Post-it notes all the time. I mean, I'm not writing it in my phone, but if I, write it down, yep. if I write it down, it's like here, like, okay, I'm going to do it, whether I go back to that paper or not. like that law not. of attraction. If you put it out yeah. in the world, it will come back. If you see mm-hmm. me, like, look, like Chad always, like, I'm con- my plans and my visions of whatever I want to build get put on paper first. And then it gets, that's just easy for me. And mm-hmm. I understand, it's important understanding how you work as a person, too, and what works best for you. Right. Um, and once you realize those things, then you can start catering towards that. So, right, for me, okay, my first my first go at, at, at something I'm working on may not be what I'm going to, well, I, I I know is not going to be what I'm going to present to the person that I may be doing this venture with, right, or, or whatever it is. So I, I make sure that it fits to what I need to learn, and then I make sure that I have lots of options for other people that can learn too so they can understand what I'm doing. And that's something, me being so young, I'm still learning and trying to advocate those things and working with other people. But um, the biggest thing, again, like I've said and I've said many times, is like I, our, our friend Jake, uh, who works for my company, you know, he had full, you know, he was – he had grew up with autism, um, you know. He was lower functioning probably at his childhood, yeah. um, but to see the amount of growth he's had, and just to and see, to him see mature and excel. what what he what kind of a role he's taking in my company with dealing he's with governments and federal stuff and insurance and 
And it's just crazy to see how this person who came here from Ohio four months ago can grow to this. Mm-hmm. And it's seeing that him being surrounded by a certain, like him being surrounded by me all the time has made him grow. He used to like freak out when I would make him work more than six hours. A day. You know, he'd be like, oh, this is too much. <laughs> and now I have him, do, he just stayed up like, for two days straight working with me too. You know, yeah. like, so it's, it's seeing that growth and, and that kind of stuff. But um, the other thing too is, like you said, we were talking about an exit plans earlier, right? Yeah, and I wanted to ask Christy, and get Christy into your was business. very, very smart because look, even this building we're in, right? She understands when she built this business, she built for what her needs were now. I want to but ask she also if built if there was an outplant studio. What what do you say to them? How are the margins? What's the business? Give him like? give him the background give of the scope. building, the building scope of why you built that. I think that's super important to understand. I love that. Like you, you thought that out, and that was very smart. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, it comes from the real estate part of all that I've done too. But um, also knowing that um, you know my kids and where they, if they were going to participate, and sure. all of that. We've we've been in multiple studios over the years, right? You we take classes wherever, but. Um, <laughs> just the building plan in itself. I, I found the property right here, ironically, next to a Mike Moore Miles, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, which was a Merlin, which we, we mm-hmm. also are, are friends with those owners many, many, many years. Um, but anyway, this land was, uh, it was a foreclosed piece of land, and I just figured, well, I'm just going to buy it, whether I buy a studio or I don't, or do right. put anything on it. Yeah, it's the value the, could go up of just Yeah, it's on the frontage of Route 47 in a growing town and um, in front of the industrial park. Right. I'll just buy the property. So I bought the land. Wasn't sure I was going to do this, but it was a thought on my mind. And when I say, well, I'm going to do it, and I even say it out loud to somebody that I'm going to do it, now all of a sudden it's being talked about. In the air. And that's what I love. You know, that's why you just say something. It's crazy for me to even see. I Mm -hmm. say one thing, and then it comes to fruition. It's crazy. As soon as you state that and put it out there, and then you keep reminding yourself, and you keep building, and you act like, you know, you have to, like, in a certain part, you have to be able to act like you're already in that position you wish to be or see yourself being in, right? Mm-hmm. Start acting like that instead of growing, you know, like once once you're able to put these things so far out there or put it, them into, you know, into words, they eventually come into existence if you're working on them. But it's when you say inconsistent with that stuff and you're really not building on that every day. And I think that's what makes us so powerful is, you know, we started from nothing. I started from nothing. I always just stated something that was going to get me further. I, I literally started with no money. You know, I started with one small mower that was really broken down in my garage. And, you know, I just started going to neighbors. I, I typed up documents with so much wrong spelling and I was going to my neighbors and I was like a child, like nine, eight years old. And it didn't even make sense, you know, but people did it and they believed in me. You know, I noticed that. Whatever was on the paper didn't matter. It mattered who I was. Yeah, when I when when it was about me, I people people like me because I sold myself. When I yeah. realized that I didn't sell my business or service, because I'll, I'll be the first one to state that I wouldn't say my services were the best for you know landscaping stuff like that. I was learning, right? I I don't yeah. know. You still, I'm not in a position. You will never ever make everybody 100% happy, no matter how That's hard great. you try. It That's does. It will never happen because everyone is different and everyone has their preferences. I wanted yes. to ask. Mm-hmm. I I think. Is there still a dance studio at the other side of Yorkville? And Mm -hmm. how does that compete with your business over here? Well, I don't really say it's um, competitive necessarily. It's maybe competitive as far as the number of Mm -hmm. students, the number as a number, really. Um, I do think, and, you know, I I mentioned to her when I was going to do this that it was a possibility that I'm coming into town kind of a thing. Um, And I just basically said, you know, there's McDonald's on the north side of town. There's McDonald's on the south side of town. It's business, you know. Yeah, Um, Yeah. and I think when people, a lot of uh, people, even with politics, they try to divide, right? 
whenever there's a problem or, or something you don't agree on or something like that, everyone tries to point against and no one can work mm -hmm. together. And I think that's just foolish, you know, like we're here together. You know, if you can build each other up, then why? Well, wouldn't, you know? and I mean, just like all the businesses that you do, you may do it differently than somebody else. Each mm -hmm. McDonald's yeah. might sell a different kind of a burger or whatever the, right. within their franchise, you know, whatever it is. But um, I cater to a little bit different clientele. Okay. I, th I feel like what's um, your what's your um, because, ideal client? Well, here's the thing. Like my girls come came from the competitive world. It's very competitive. Um, but they're also they're they're dancers that might want to go on to do this professionally in some way. Um, I mean, Mackenzie, when she was mm, ten years old, she got a chance to dance on stage with Justin Bieber. I Whoa. mean, she wasn't a Bieber fan at the time. She's, yeah. She's still Is not there a Bieber a video fan. Video of it? Oh yeah, just YouTube it. You She's all so over it. Cool. Yeah, so cool. yeah, oh yeah. Um, so that just kind of led her like. Holy shit! There's twenty thousand people watching me dance. There's, there's, this I is mean, real. This it happen. was yeah, it was really really cool. And it, she wasn't about dancing for Justin Bieber. She was all geeked about Nick Demora. He was the choreographer for the show. He's uh, the dancer. And so she was just passionate about her industry. Yes, and, and so when important. she got to meet these other people, they're their handlers. They each get a kid. So you take it was his children to her. Take your kid with you. Teach him what they're doing. Like you know, this is how the show is going to go. All that for the dress rehearsal thing. Kids knew who she was. Like she even had um, couple, like a year ago. We're sitting in the hallway at a competition, and some girl comes up and she goes, "Were you one of the children dancers?" And she's just like. Yeah, and my director was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> they recognized her from That's being crazy. a dancer at the show. Because you've got these Bieber fans. They're, like, super fans, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But even walking outside, we're waiting for the show. And Mackenzie's walking with me. She's just wearing, like, just, she looked cool, you know. And I actually took her for the day and got her hair done. Like, I had um, a girlfriend that does hair. She threw it into a bunch of boxer braids and stuff and put it up like all cool. She just looked like a cool kid. So walking with me, people are like, <laughs> like, because the children tour, that was a thing. Every city that was in, he did auditions and they would pick four kids to come and dance, uh, you know, wow. with him for that tour. And so Mackenzie got, you know, she got picked and just people looking at her and you know, the way that she That's was, she just looked cool. Yeah. So. I think it was kind of at that point where we were like, all right, you know, she really, she, and she'll admit, like, she knows she's not the best dancer, right? It's not all about that, but she, she has musicality and she loves it and you can see that in her dancing. So mm -hmm. she's not the girl that's up there doing back handsprings and flips and whatever. Yeah. She's the girl with the cool style that just, you could see has a passion for what she's, and what she's doing. Just to relate that to music is that. Some singers, they're they're not the best, but you can hear the soul yes. when they're singing, and you can really feel it with them, and it just moves you. And you're like, I don't care if they didn't hit every mm -hmm. note; they made me feel something, and that's what matters. Yes. What do you think uh, your kids are going to go on to do? Because we talked a little bit about. I asked if they were going to maybe uh -huh. take on the business, and you're like, well, maybe not. What do you? What well, do you here's think the thing: do? like they enjoy this right now, and I yeah. and I love it. But um, in in kind of tying into your question too, I mean, I concentrate here on preparing dancers to either go off to college or to go on professionally or um, in a, it, we're highly competitive. We are advanced dancers. I don't, ha I don't cater to toddlers for right, recreational. To we do a lot of recreational classes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, it's but I like going to a college. And that's where it's I see like the school. divide. It's, it's like more like of a school. school. Like when you yeah, think of a like trade. like a dance trade school. Yes. Right, Ethan came and he saw one night when we had classes and he's like, 
oh my god, like this uh, is cool. I just wa- yeah. just walking into this building. You got a tour. I've never I been gotta, in here. I yeah. uh, for those of you that are just listening, it's it's a beautiful space. It's all very modernized. It's so open in here, and it just. I can feel the energy, and I could imagine when this place is loaded with dancers and there's yes. just passion in the air. Mm-hmm. It's a fun environment. Oh yeah, and it's cool. And we know w- with anything, we've been doing tons of research now. You know, like if you can find your one niche, your one niche, just the one thing, you can be good at one thing. Like even the thing with the whole thing of the worms thing in Gary Vee's book. You know. Oh yeah. If if you can downscale and know the one thing you're good at, you can make it profitable. It's a business, Are not you? how you're feeling emotionally, right? Bus- people try to attend and. F- Put it all together, okay? Business, emotion, family relationships, those are all different. Business partners, those are all relationships. Those are all different relationships you have to handle. And people, I feel like, try to connect all those things into one when those are all different scenarios you need to mm-hmm. handle differently and, and acknowledge that as well. But um, So I think when you think of virtues, right, it's like they're, they're, they're Oh, catering. let me tell you something about yeah. that. Go. Sorry. Go. go. No, go. You're good. When you think of virtues, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to think, I, I see it as like a, a complete professional dance school, right? I feel like for me, if I wanted to go to swim, going to be a swimmer, right, I know I'm going to go to the best swimming, the swimming place. I'm not going to go to the, the YMCA where they do multiple sports and stuff like and that. And I just wanted yeah. to mention, because I've been at the other dance studio and I've taken classes, and this definitely seems like a place like you were mentioning where it's you come and you're competing and the other place is more as just... Learn the basics. Do you want to dance? This is just to have well, fun. Well, it's good to have an activity and mm-hmm. have fun, and that's why we have our recreational classes because yeah. we want those for those, but that's not who I gear our advertising sure. so and much for. Yeah. And we don't do, like, the plays and all of the other stuff. Sure. We yeah. concentrate on if you want to be a dancer, you're going to come to me because I'm going to make you a dancer. Like that's, I'm gonna that's what I get out of your branding with the name. Mm. When I hear virtues in motion, I understand the word virtues as you're going to develop characteristics, very specific traits that come out of it. And we're thinking more about the psychology of motion, human connectivity, and bring it all together and creating well, a well Well, there's person. a little backstory kind of to our name. I mean, okay. my director, she was the director of the, the former studio that we were at. She was 23, 24 How when my kids were. Her? Well, I didn't. Was it hard? No, no. And I don't want to say like she. I, I convinced her by any means. Um, she was good at what she did, but she didn't have a college education. Um, she was overworked a little bit. And um, I didn't even know her really personally, but I'm a business person and with some music background. I wasn't a dancer. Little, you know, not, li- not like these kids do now. It's so different. But, um, you know, it, w- dance even when my kids started, you know, there's so much competitiveness over, you know, studios, they're so bad about, like, you can't go, if, if you're my customer, you can't go to another studio. That's it, like a thing but you don't do. That's but bad. There's so much bureaucracy. Well, that's the thing, because it, we have contracts. These kids had contracts. So when I was... At, at what, what age? This is an industry I have no idea about. Yes. Wait. I don't they know they if contract they, contract they don't. Children? I don't know whether they do or they're not, but the majority of studios today... In the United States. This is around the No, US. I'm saying Chicago at okay, the very okay, least. Okay, I don't okay. know how it is outside of here, but the majority of studios that I know around here, if you're a team dancer, you have a contract. And the reason is wow. you have a full year commitment. It's not like a basketball team and you've got the season is three, four months or whatever, and now you're going on to the next sport. This is something we start training at the beginning of the year. Then when we go compete, we compete, you know, locally or travel. You know, my kids have been everywhere from New York to Vegas to L.A. and pretty much everywhere in between, and they've danced, you know, all over. Um, But 
it, it's uh, competitive for your business, right? You want your dancer to train under you for what it is that Does you expect. Does the studio make? Um, do you guys do you guys get a uh, earning if you're if you win competitions on top well, of? Well, I mean, it, that's a little bit different. It depends okay. on the events, okay. okay. Um, but even the kids can actually win money. If you look wow. behind you, um, we took home five grand championships from our nationals thousand last dollar year's. Checks um, on the wall. That right there was last year's um, national event. Just so last year. Yeah. All five. Mm -hmm. That's that, crazy. That's, that, uh, that's up there because that's really now is not this the, heard is this of. a high level yeah. competition that we're talking about? Um, it's a good, it's a well known competition that's been around for I don't know twenty that's plus awesome. years. Yeah. And um, Congratulations. so, yeah, thanks. But to take home, even them at the end of the, you know, it's a national event is week long. And at the end of it, they're like, their staff was like, nobody gets five, five national championships for wow. their routines. What you do know? you guys think you're doing but right then? Well, our training. And that goes back mm -hmm. to my director. She spends, okay, this is the thing I, I love about Christy, okay? She, yeah. She doesn't, this business, she doesn't look for her to gain really any profitability. Or not even, she's pro might be profitable, but she's right. not taking it's, it's personal not money, okay? Right. She's spending the money on the systems. I mean, she had IT guys in here putting in cameras so they can make their online systems even better. She's oh. constantly dealing with those headaches, and then she's constantly investing in the people of the teachers she has. Yeah. Right? She doesn't, she You're understands that that comes that's, with a high price, and mm -hmm. she's paying for that. Yes. You know, and that's the thing that's what's nice is because you have diet. Like, it makes me feel good to say, now, Leandra, I'm going to talk about Leandra Groth. She's my director, and she, she was that person that she was great at what she did. She was a dancer. She's amazing, but she also, very similar to me, her young life, you know, she had things. Adversity. Divorce, parents, and all of that as well. Didn't go to college. Um but I saw something in her, like, you know, this is somebody that I would like to have as a director of my business because I, I don't teach dance. I don't do that. But I want the business to be great. So right. I need to make an opportunity for somebody who's going to make my business successful. And that's important. See, see how you can be a business owner. You can be mm -hmm. a business owner in anything you want as long as you build the right team and have the right fundamentals and passions behind it. I think people it. also don't see business owning as being a teacher enough. And so many people want to teach. Mm -hmm. But you can do that by being a business owner, I feel like. Yeah. Well, and that kind of goes into, you know, my plan here into the near future. But, you know, Leandra, um, she's going to be getting married this year, and mm -hmm. she doesn't have kids mm -hmm. yet. But you um, need those employees to step up, too. You yes. need to see their commitment and say, look, I'm ready to take this on so you can have plans. Because otherwise, it's going to be a, a prolonged process. Mm -hmm. So, And where you've, which you've brought that up to your employees, that's perfect. Now you need to see that devotion back and see a sense of commitment. And that's so that why I want them to start planning. planning. Yeah. I want them to say, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I want to move on and I want to pass it off to you guys. So um, for her, like I also, you understand the dance world a little bit maybe. Just um, a little okay. bit. I took one class um, when I was in musical stuff, but not okay. entirely. So at the least, um, you know, I just wanted to make sure that, your training, if you're mm -hmm. training, you're training with the best. Um, Leandra wasn't somebody that I expected. I didn't want to go take her, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. from where she was at. Um, so basically when I decided I was going to do this, I put it out there. Um, I advertised and just basically said, I'm, I'm going to open this business and ended up approaching Leandra at one point. And uh, I didn't really know her personally or anything like that, but I saw somebody in her that has – some passion for what she does, but also somebody that I could empower in a way too. Here is an opportunity for you to be a director of your own studio. What do you think about that? And she was just like, are you serious? She didn't even know me. And um, 
so finally, after I had already, like, everybody knew that I was gone. They didn't know why, okay? Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, my kids were relieved of their duties halfway through the season when it was determined. But it was because there's drama in the dance world, right? Nobody wants, you know, it's not competitive for me. For me, I just wanted it for my kids. I want them to enjoy it. I don't want to drive my three-hour tour every day. But if I'm going to do this, I want to put the best people in place. And so when I approached her, I basically said, you know, I want to talk to you about an opportunity, and she's just like, "What?" Like she, she didn't expect it because she, I didn't, she didn't know me, and I don't mm -hmm. know her. So I actually invited her, and her mother, if they wanted to come out to um, my house in Millbrook. And the reason was not because I want to show off my house, but I wanted to know that I'm serious. I, in the real estate over the years, I ended up buying my house that I want my kids to grow up in. It's it's nearly. <laughs> 6,500 square foot home. I've got. But everything I was mean, a smart investment. Okay, that was a foreclosure. Right. It was a foreclosure that we flipped. I mean, it's at vacant it's for two years. This guy wanted a million three or something stupid for oh it. God. And I bought it for less than half of that, you know. And over the, you know, we fixed it up yes. and here we are. So now I've got, a, Ethan has been and he's visited. It's awesome house for a large family with four kids. Um, so this was great. But I wanted Leandra to see that I was serious. Like this wasn't just you know, some dance mom that wants to go open a studio. So I had her meet with my husband and I, and uh, she was going to bring her mom. She was pretty nervous. Um, but when she got out there, we kind of had a plan and said, here, this is what we're going to do, whether you take advantage of it or not. But I want to provide an opportunity to somebody to take this um, and do what they want with it. If you're interested, you're my first choice. See, and that's wow. the thing. Before and she presented that opportunity, she already had a game plan, right? That way, mm -hmm. and that's the biggest thing about negotiations, too. I feel like a lot of people, which I've done personally, when I say a lot of people, I've done this personally, is where I haven't been planned in negotiations or I'm going to plan a deal and I don't have it laid out, but then you allow yourself to get either walked over in a meeting, not end up in the solution you want, or it not be directed. But also by having that plan, you're ensuring as a business owner, when you're making these commitments to your employees, you have to set out and make sure you can do that as a business owner, right? And that's important to realize first, a lot of people go out with these whims and then you get misbelief because then you get your employees at, at the lower level to not believe in you because when they're trying to push into your business after you've given them this opportunity and you're not able to keep up with that, mm -hmm. then you create a level of distrust. You yeah. know, and that's important to understand all those different things. But I and I, I saw something in her knowing that as a young girl without that education, that it's going to be hard for her to really pursue anything else after that besides just being a dance teacher. Sure. I mean, she was she was the one that was doing everything where she was at before. She was amazing at it. Wow. And like I said, I didn't want to like take I'm not one of those like it happens all the time. Dance studios, moms or other people, they go split. And now it's, oh, you just took all my students kind of thing. That's why there's contracts, too. The teachers right. have contracts. The kids have contracts. Well, um, at the time, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to tell everybody what was going on because I didn't want everybody thinking that I'm just trying to do this yeah, because of where it was. Too, that you're you changing. Know. So you got to understand, when, and that's where you can't have bureaucracy. So you, either you as a business owner, there shouldn't be that corruption, right, or, th or that, that buttheading. You should see, okay, what are my services not catering to those needs of why is that person leaving? Well, okay, are you not on the ground hearing enough input and catering towards those needs plus building a set-out vision? And, and here's the thing. That's exactly the point. Like, when I presented it to Leandra, she she realized, like, okay, I'm, giving, I'm getting this opportunity. Like, this is what I wanted to do, and right. I have to jump on it, on it kind of a thing. Well, when she... 
eventually uh, left about a month or two after me and my kids were relieved. And was <laughs> it this building open or were you guys renting over by like Roadhouse? Nova? No, no, no. All I did was bought the land. I hadn't even I hadn't even closed on the property. Wow. When See, but she enrolled this team way before this is even well, this building, right? Well, in no, way, no? It, I had several people in the dance industry that I wanted to talk to. The problem okay. was, again, I don't want it. I didn't want it to sound as if I was taking from where we were at, taking employees, um, taking students. You're just building. I no, wanted you're building to, a brand. You're I wanted to build yeah. a business and provide a service. If you choose to stay there and go there, because that's how they're offering and how they're doing things, great. Like, good for them. If you choose to do things the way that I'm doing it, great. Now you're my customer. And so I wasn't. So the day that we decided we were going to advertise, I never told anybody. Even my friends didn't really know what was going on. And I, I basically told some of them, if I'm not here. Something's going down. You'll you'll eventually know, okay? Right. Because I wasn't gonna share it necessarily. Now where we were at, she ended up finding out through the grapevine of you know cities and whatever we have to have rules, builders and sure. architect and you know getting approval from the city for what I was gonna do and yeah, all this of that becomes public record. Yes, and so I think she knew, <laughs> but didn't approach me. And I wanted to tell her because I also didn't want her feeling like I was just going to take from you, and she can believe whatever she wants to this day. Uh, but at the very least, she had a family business. I wanted a family business. I wanted to do it similarly. I did make an offer and say, hey, you know, I'm doing this because I don't want my son to do a three-hour tour every day. I want my son to participate. I want my kids to be able to take a master class, walk into any studio, anytime, take a class, and not be worried about a contract, not be worrying about whether there's a video and somebody sees it. I have kids that will come here and take a class. We do what's called drop-ins. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure they probably don't so much over there. I don't know. I, I don't know what their business model is. But I want the teenage kid that is so busy in their life. They still want to have dance in their life, but they can't afford to do, be a full company team. Now in Illinois, it's a little different. Illinois has IHSA rules now in regards to dance competitions as well. Oh, nice. So technically, they're not supposed to be on a dance team with their high school if it's IHSA competitive team at the same time as being in a studio team. That's the same thing for swimming. That's so why just I like any do, other yeah. sport. Yeah. So that's it. But I still want to be able to provide the training because my training is going to be better than what you're going to get on a high school gym floor. Right. Um, so we do what we call drop-ins where these kids will just pop in on any given night and take a class. Just one class, boom, take it. No obligations, no whatever. But I used to, like, I would love to be able to take my That's kids. a ton of value, to, especially with the yes. kind of way set up. And so I want my kids to be able to go to any studio, do the same thing. I want my teachers to take classes. My director is even taking my kids to other studios to take a master class. That's that brilliant. is not heard of so much around here. I don't do contracts with our students. If it's not working out, it's not working out, right? right. I've never had, knock on wood, like somebody leave because non of You make it open. You make you know? it I mean... And I, and I pride yeah. myself, I say we're very a la carte in a sense, meaning I want you to get out of it what's good for you, for your kid, and your family. Not to overwhelm teenagers who I see. I see so many of them that are so talented, but they've got homework or they, they want the social part that of the, the, the high school. The yep. high school um, dance team is for the social part and the popularity and the, the resume if you want to go off to a college and be on a dance team. But... It, it's over it was becoming overwhelming some of these kids that were trying to do both they're cheating in a sense and they were but when I got here I said I, I'm like no as a parent like 
I want my kids to only be there maybe three nights a week. I don't want them six days. That doesn't make them a better dancer. Rehearse, 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 right. rehearse. They need recovery. They need to, they're, they're rehearsing to go compete. They're rehearsing to get on a stage that doesn't benefit them for their future. So if you want to train, I want you to train in the classroom and not maybe put so much effort into the competition. Because if you're training and you become a better dancer, the competition is going to be easy. That's going right. to come. So people focus on your philosophy yeah. on opening your studio and your business models. Really, yeah, it's very That's thought so out. It's so smart. It's yeah, smart. and as a parent and doing so it so many years, too, if, like if someone, someone in your position cared and saw other businesses. It's so simple. The the small minute changes, but if you make a lot of them. You create a new atmosphere. You create a new space. Well, and that's, uh, you know, that's still to this day. Now I hear all the time I get new students come in here. The first time they come, the first time they take a class, they think they're, you know, they might be like wonderful. Where anxiety is going to be yeah. like other places. Or yeah, but um, here's the thing. Like, they know that I encourage my kids to go take a class. If you're loyal to my business, you're loyal to the to me as a customer, and right. you enjoy what we offer, you're going to come back to me. Yeah, Even right. if you go take a master class. Um, and that's important. You, know, you understand 100%. building. Uh, yes. And it's the same thing. Like uh, we, I listen to podcasts all the time. That doesn't mean that I can't, you know, host my own. Or that doesn't mean I can't go listen to other people's. Because you gain so much knowledge from talking to others and mm -hmm. others Just have that learning, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that's amazing that you have set up a model where they can well, go to other and studios. And the other thing that I don't do is I don't separate my customers where a lot of these studios do. Meaning your recreational dancers that might come in and take one class a week. Mm. Versus the kid that's putting in five days a week of training time. Um, meaning... If that kid, especially a high school they dancer, they that kid is super talented, but she's got all this other stuff and she wants to come and take a class. She's as talented or as trained, as advanced as my team kids that are here all the so time. Instilling equal opportunities yes. for everyone. I'm not going to yep. tell you this class is just for our team, and a lot of studios are like that because they also run their rehearsals with that team. Yeah, I don't do that. Anyone can learn. Yeah, so I allow for, that's why I do those drop-ins. So my teachers are also constantly teaching new things every week. It is not the same stuff over and over and again. It's kind of nice, too, to have uh, potentially new faces because there's a sense of us that's like, okay, I have to keep a good and first impression. So then mm -hmm. everyone gets to, to benefit from that. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, no, so. No, let's talk about, no, I mean, those are all great things. I think that's the business beautiful. model, I think it's it's very inspiring. I think it's very thought out, and that's why I love just I love definitely think a lot of young girls, if they want to open a studio, like, there's a lot of great content in here. Yeah, and, you know, like, the virtues part of it. So when we did yeah, move, let me name? go, you know, going back to that, Leandra and I got together, and we sat here going, like, what's this going to be called? And <laughs> Um, because of the drama that comes with the dance world, and I'm very much, I, I'm not about it. There's drama, we're done, you're out, see awesome. you. I don't, I don't yeah, have good. time for that in my life, and, you know, no. And your kid, yes, she's amazing, but so is that kid, and so is that kid, and so is that kid. Right. I teach my kids, I don't care who comes off the stage with the trophy, you, you go out there and you bust your butt, you do great, great, like, because everybody gets a trophy these days. But here's the thing, <laughs> True. you know, but you have to be kind to your best friend who just whooped your butt on the stage or whatever in any anything else. But I also you I've seen so many moms and kids that have fought because the two best friends were great until all of a sudden the one who was super talented. Now the other one is starting to win and she's beating her best friend. And like there's that was that. With my swimming. Career. I mean, even with mine, I when I first started swimming, I was. 
I was crazy. I mean, I was I was just I was rocking times. I was blowing times out of the water. Many people couldn't at my age. But even as I gained as a swimmer, I honestly started to slow down when all of my friends who mm-hmm. were not at the level you of I was when I was young. At different times. Yeah, oh, exactly. For sure. And then during that time of when I was doing all good, these people had these side notes or, or remarks of me, like where they would be nice to my face, but still. Like they were mad well, that I was winning. Well, that's the thing. And that's, they don't like that. They and don't then, like but you then when they old. switch, yeah. And then <laughs> when they so. switch later, they're you know during a better point, they were. They, I had to work a hell of a lot harder to even want to keep up with a level that they were keeping up with. You know. Yeah. And, and I would just say it's because everyone, every human is competitive, and that's what drives yes. us. It's our nature. And with this business that you've set up, like you're saying, no drama, and I think that's awesome because. We just need to be human with each other, you oh, know. Yeah. At it's the real. end of the day, we just need to be nice yeah. and just. Um, my person that I work or work under, I guess, at CSC, that's my school that I'm going to. My advisor said, always be nice to everyone in this industry because you never know who you're going to see later on and who, who's going to help you. And to piggyback off of that one, my motto is be friendly with everybody, but not everybody's friend. Uh, because you still have to do business you still have to take care of stuff but you have to be friendly if you want people to do to to use your business Mm -hmm. and it's hard i can't it's hard i know a lot of these dance moms a long time but it's also hard to be friends because you still even though one of my closest dance mom friends i've known her all these years she came from when i came here a lot of the teachers came and said hey i want a job and then a lot of the parents said, hey, I want to, you know, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, we started off right out of the gate, opened the doors. We had 35 kids on team very first year. Holy and that, so what's the average usually for a team? Well, I mean, you could have, you know, some some teams are half of that to okay. some are 150 or 200. So I mean, you, it so just you depends. guys build a pretty nice size, reputable team. Right right here. Yeah, because of m- the staff that I had, we're also we're here to train the best the best that they knew and they're good at what they do and when the advanced dancers who already knew who were coming were like instantly going to come for leandra there were parents who knew me and were going to come to me and so we didn't even have any we didn't even have any dancers that were not at an advanced level already out of the gate and that's why i started a little bit more like the studio on the north side of town thinking okay i want this to be for everybody i want every kid to be able to do it um you know but then when you have it's hard to get people to understand this in the competitive world but when say i've got five dancers that are advanced dancers that are 14 years old mm-hmm. now i have a 14 year old girl that says okay i want to start dancing she's nowhere in the same ballpark skill wise after all the training of the years even though i want her to do it maybe she was pretty good when you go to compete, it's like having a basketball team too. You know, when you've got that one person that's not hanging You're with the rest as of them, strong as your weakest. Player. Yes, and I was like, so I had an ex- have an example, like two girls that were sisters. One was seventeen, and one was fifteen, and they wanted to stay started taking hip hop. Well, they're from Aurora, like they're taking hip hop, like they loved it and they were great. But it took a long time to get up to that. There's still technique in hip hop, even and oh, how yeah. you get judged okay. and all that. Okay, so they wanted to join team. Well, my director and I kind of went back and forth. I want her to make the best decisions the way that from her perspective, but I throw in my parent and business perspective. She's like, Christy, you know, when we go to compete, she's not going to be able to hang. She's not going to be able to do this. And I'm like, well, I want every, I just didn't have a whole bunch of other intermediate or beginner dancers her age to put her with. So when I don't allow her to be on team, now all of a sudden, she's they're not they're not our customers anymore that was really hard for me because i'm going i want everybody to be able to do this 
they should have kept taking classes. But it's not fair to the girls that have trained their lives since they were babies. See, and that's just know? a business aspect. Again, that's where I say people try to tend those, tie those emotions into it. It's not hearted mm-hmm. It's strategic. Yes. yes. And that's where it, that's where it kind of changed me right out of the gate, thinking, okay, I get it because I also am that mom that doesn't want to sit there and watch babies in diapers. I've literally seen a diaper on a kid on stage before. <laughs> Seriously. Come on. You know, you spend, it's a ton of money to do these things that these kids do. I can do. imagine, especially so, in our state of Illinois. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, um, Well, talk about the challenge. I mean, I, if we can go into a little bit, because, like, not all this is easy. Building this brand is not, it's not like it's a, it's an easy one set thing. But I think what's really important and made this business successful is everyone that has leader positions within this company has developmental roles and an actual worth, right? And they're constantly being educated, and they're not willing to be just their one way is the right way. And I think that's important, too, well, realizing that. You know, what's funny that you kind of say that, too, and this is just a little side note. So Leandra, who's my director, who's never done anything but be a teacher in her life, you know, she thinks that she wants to be a director or owner. She'll probably be the owner of this someday. Um, But at the same time, when she left where she was at, she didn't have a place to go to. Nobody wants to hire you for a teacher position if they know you're going to go somewhere else. And she left where she was at because... Her contract was up. She wasn't happy. She wasn't going on. And so, um, you know, when, what was my point, I guess, of her um, coming here? Oh, you, you had I me, you had some. Uh, yeah, oh, opp- new so new opportunities. So basically at the time, you know, we owned our shops and she needed to still pay her bills. And I wasn't ready. We weren't ready to open yet. I was still building the studio. And so we did rent a place up the street while we were building, knowing that she was coming on board. But that wasn't going to pay her bills. And I wasn't prepared to say, OK, we're, we're open yet. So while we were still planning the business, and it's timing, timing for our team and all of that too, mm, it needed to make sense. Everything. It was timing for the building to get done. Got we it. expected it to be done at a certain time, and it took nearly eight months longer. You know, wow, what slowed uh, it the down? Complicate- it was oh, the complicated. The building, the building okay. itself. Okay. It, so it was the timing of the year. I mean, we started digging in the ground. Oh, we don't get me into going with you. Yeah, <laughs> there's. Well, I would love uh, to talk about that because we'll, you'll that, learn that's a lot. A, that's a side. That's yeah. a side little thing too, but. Could do a whole episode on that. I'm yeah, sure. but um, in the meantime, for her, I said, "Here's the thing: you need some customer service, and you need to see what it's like to actually work in you need to in a different adversity." Yep. So I put her in our shop, and she became. Um, she started working in one of the auto shops. Never would you think this a young dancer. lady see, dancer awesome. would see, go work in an auto shop, and she is thankful to this day that we made her do that's that. That's important. See, that's what we're doing, even mm-hmm. with like, where me and Chad, we realize we need to have different parts or roles of our team in order to grow our digital presence and our digital media, okay? But right now, our digital brand can't afford that, right? So where can we find this person that believes in us, sees the vision, wants to be a part, but then find ways for them still to have financial stability? So between any of our companies, how can we find a position for them to not only grow their knowledge, grow their gaining and understanding, but also be eventually be able to survive and work towards that passion? And that's where if we can give those opportunities, that's why I think we're very close and small with our circle because when we let someone in, they're here to be a, a part of our team. You know what yep. I'm saying? And, and it's Yeah. Yep. No, she's thankful to this day because now she looks at things and people and customer service and her parents that we, you know, she looks at things a whole lot different. And she can change a tire. <laughs> That's awesome. That's important. That's a good life. Not many kids know that nowadays. Oh, and no. I think it's essential. That's a real thing. She legit was with a bunch of girlfriends all dressed up going out. They got a flat tire and she was so proud of Hell herself yes. to like change in her dress and her heels and she changed that tire and she had 
to send me pictures like look like she was so excited <laughs> that's awesome that's what awesome. would you say is like one thing as we probably try to try to wrap up here what would you say is one thing for the younger generation yep, okay someone that's trying to figure out their their, their path if in you life. could only impart one piece of wisdom one piece of advice the thing that like this needs to be remembered for people also it's empower women with this yeah that's then it's two because truly i do say all the time i always am saying i want to empower other women especially to do what i've done and that's why i don't necessarily want my kids i if they want the studio great what i don't want them to to do is to be stuck in something that i've handed off to them that they feel that they're obligated to like a debt i have to i want them to do whatever it is that they want in their lives and so i'm constantly mackenzie is um she's homeschooling herself uh kind of like ethan same program actually um she's gone back for like maybe i want to be an fbi agent but she's the one that also yeah yeah i was just talking about that last night yeah um or she's really interested in like forensic science and you know all my kids are really smart very observe yeah i don't know but but she's like maybe i dance for a couple years and go to school at the same time whatever i just don't want her to have piece of property to feel like you know like right now i can't just up and move because yeah, no, i have a, a liability i have mm-hmm. a property i have a building my husband has a building you know it's just not that easy you have monthly expenses you have to make you know, right the, yeah. and nobody's gonna run it like you yeah, exactly. so you train them to to and that's where run it's important it in building it's a your own and you can't have this so many businesses i see fail is they have these leaders at the top that aren't ready to be changing or adaptive. Then you have these middle people that are wanting to work, but then your bottom people of your business that are helping you run are invested in it or care about it. So then it's like mm-hmm. you have to build up your whole team from the bottom. Well, up. and you have one life to live, so don't yeah. get a job that's going to pay the bills. So my my one that I would say in addition to empowering other women especially is passion. If you hate your job, you hate your life, you pay your bills, and you can go through life just hating your job and paying your bills and being angry at the world, um, or you can you think about what it is that you're passionate about and you kind of find a way, like, how do I find a job? How do I do what I love to do and still be able to support myself and, and not have to rely on somebody else? And so that's what I try to share with my kids on a daily and my staff and you know, I, I tell them all the time, I got a college girl. She's, she just quit college because she's like, I don't know what I want to yeah, do. I mean, and, and don't take on debt if you But don't what do you want to do? She still lives with mom but doesn't want, but wants to move out. It's like, well, you have to have some kind of a drive. You have to have some yeah. kind of goals. This is why I've said, get yourself a planner. You write your stuff down. This is what I want to do. Or at the very least, set your mind to something and then pursue that. But pursue what makes you happy first. I could give up a hundred thousand dollar a year job to sure. go do what I thought was going to be to make yeah. me happy and so right. What's making you know if you're making a hundred thousand dollars, that mm-hmm. twenty thousand dollars is worth your happiness yeah. if you're losing it. Right? Let's say you're going to a job and for you. My passion was music, and I wanted to do that. And I don't do my passion right now as much as I, I probably would have. But I'm doing my kids' passion. Like, right. and, and that's a point in role in your life. You still realize mm-hmm. there's more to that. And I, I enjoy think. it, and it's fun. And this isn't you know. I would it, even argue fundamental. too. You you've crafted and chiseled your own path for how music interacts and plays into the mm-hmm. I think atmosphere. I think you're on your yeah. passion of creativity as far yes. as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I would say there. Maybe mm. not your personal path. I think that you'll still come. We'll see that in your life. I actually, before we finish, I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. retirement, what are your goals? What are your plans? Like, so I've never really talked to, um, to wise people about what they plan to do when they decide to not be working. So um, we used to say a long time ago when we were like, 
30 <laughs> that we wanted to retire by the time we were 50 kind of a thing, right? Because we're always workers and savers and whatever. Um, but uh, right now my husband just turned 51. And um, congrats. He looks fantastic. Yeah, thanks. So I'm right around the corner, a couple of years. But um, so we've just done so much and doing all that we do. We're kind of like, like I said, fun Friday. In fact, it's that too. Me and my husband, every day, every Friday we go out. That's our lunch date. We have a nice, um, uh, like a snobby lunch and a good glass of wine. And then we go hit the dive bars and have some Jaeger bombs for <laughs> through the <laughs> evening, really whatever. Um, and a couple of our friends, who uh, couples who are contractors now, they, they take Fridays off now because we're all doing So we all You're meet. starting a community. So we meet. Like the old people who meet at McDonald's in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> We're like those middle sort of aged people that are going for our steak and wine. And then we're going out to the bars and we bar hop until we're done on a Friday night. But That's our so friends awesome. now join us. So it, we actually legit call it Fun Friday, Friday. for food and with our friends day. But um, the three Fs. <laughs> There's four there. Four. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what was your, wait, what was your what was your question? But, but anyway, my, my question was yeah. So, but that that ties into that. It's like you know you you want to be able to spend your time um, enjoying your spouse or your family, yeah. and not working so hard all the time. And uh, so we've kind of tried to kick back and start loosening the reins a little bit on us always doing everything and trying to pass down that Are responsibility. You to have grandkids, one day. Mm -hmm necessarily like yeah, right. i just want to be around for my kids whether they have they go to college they become professionals they do what they do i want to be there to see what they do and if yeah. they have kids i'll be i'll be the coolest grandma ever <laughs> uh, but um you know whatever they do is great i'm not like oh my god i want to have grandkids yeah. i you know yeah. i'm not and that's like what's that. so cool you're allowing just, your just children to build their life and build yeah. their pat build you know their some people i think they always are thinking about their kids lives you know and that's a good thing you always want to think about your kids lives but when do you live your own? Right. Sure. I think so many two parents do. I think right now we see as soon as you get your kid through college, parents feel like relieved. And they've worked so hard to get to this point where their kid went to college and that's it. If your kid's not going to college and learning the fundamentals and really growing as a person themselves and you're not keeping track of that, the money you're blowing out for college means mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah. And that's why I want them right now. Like Mackenzie's homeschooling herself in high school. I want her to start looking at what are things that aren't offered in your school that you might have an interest in because you don't know that it even exists. Yeah, you haven't had the opportunity to even try it yet. Yep. Do you know that, I mean, they're, you know, a music producer or whatever. Like, do, are you going to high school and thinking, okay, I want to I want to produce music. No, you know, I right, want to. You don't or, learn how to normalize or tracks. And I want to be a stuff. movie maker. I want. I mean, there's just so many cool jobs out there. I don't want my kids to think, okay, I get through high school, the gen ed stuff. Now I have to do gen ed in the first two years of college and have no. Year, yeah, yeah, so I've already told her, like, start thinking about those things last night my 13 year old knocked on my bathroom door my bathroom leads to my office but she came in and it's like okay mom i had to just do this thing for school she's like it was kind of cool and i'm like what was it it was about the stock market she's like you know so she's talking about the stock market and i'm like really she goes i think i might want to be a stockbroker oh and your kids are like like there's so many people that are grateful to be in positions especially kids our age that don't realize the positions they're in that are set yeah. up if i was in a household where i knew i didn't have to be the one to meet the family bills and i could have a have a safe going where i wouldn't have to spend money and all that money i'm spending on that i can invest into myself and dream if you have that you're in you're so lucky you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, your children are very lucky to have you. As yeah, a thank you. But very I just awesome. thought that was that was cool because Before she, she is my natural talent dancer. Not that Mackenzie or Grayson are not, but she's sure. the one that 
she it's, she, it's she wants to dance but she's so smart she's an a plus student like dude would you stop getting a pluses because she stresses if she doesn't but when she mm. said that i'm like all right that's cool i kind of got into stocks same time as real estate yeah, and just yeah. looking for something to do and I'm like, okay, but the same. I'm like, I want you to have a passion for it, but great, and you're going to make some money. <laughs> like, because <laughs> yeah. she's going to be good at it. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. Awesome. What would but you say, I guess before we finish touching, I, we can end with the retirement, because I think yes, that'd be great. But one, what would be one point for uh, someone that's in the 30 to 40 range that has lost hope or you feels like... You gave us like some wisdom for someone who's young, but for someone who's old and maybe is their plans or their plans that they made, they didn't quite get to them now, and they're, they're feeling at a point of disappointment, and their life is... Is, is not gonna is ever gonna get better and they give up you know and what what kind what of inspiration would you give for that well I mean that, that happens all the time I didn't go to college to be a dance studio owner but I went to college to be you know for the business and the business ownership but it's crazy how you can like all of a sudden your life you know life changes your kids go off to college you do whatever but then you're starting a new career um, another example the Mike Moore miles um, you know, I had mentioned that my husband may end up taking over. The guy who started Merlin's back in the day, the president, yeah. he left, sold that company, went off. Now he just he then started Mike Moore Miles with one store. Had convinced my husband to come on. I mean, we were 20 years with this company. And then, uh, so my husband was on the board and everything at that time. But then now he, um, this guy, he's in his 70s. And I know that he wants to prepare my husband to be put in that position if he wanted it. Right. And or, um, you know, if something happened to him at, at any point in time. So he does work with my husband with that expectation. And that's the thing. It's like, we don't want to necessarily stop our businesses. But if you're adapting and you're changing to how things are rolling with the businesses or with your life, um, you know, don't set yourself in a position where, you know, you can't do something else ever. But um, the thing is, is like I said, we can't just pick up our shop. And that, we got tired of all the multiple stores. I'm like, sure. nope, let's get down to one. Let's keep our baby. Yep. And that's where Chris is pretty much every day. But he assists the president in helping these guys. We just opened the store a couple of years ago. We were number two or three, I think, between the guys. Um, that started rolling over all the Merlins. Oh. They have contracts and stuff like that as well, right? Her husband is like but helping all of these new places. Yes, yeah, so you know, like now he's taking a real role to help them get their businesses for going. sure. So now we have eleven stores officially, just in a couple years, okay. and um, so between us, it's like I don't want to keep working so much, but. I'm okay with him saying, okay, if I'm going to be the president of this corporation, I can do it from anywhere. So we're setting up, um, we were just talking this week, we're setting up a guy, uh, one of our employees right now, to eventually, hopefully, be able to buy that shop from us so that they can take over. I'm hoping that maybe Leandra would like to take over my business. Maybe I keep the building, keep the sure. landlord, unless one of my girls want it. I just don't want them to feel like they have to, okay? Right. Um, and then... Right now, I, I'm saying five years. Like, five years, I want to be able to, like, relax. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, was, I still do a little real estate on the side. Um, and that I do enjoy uh, as well. But I want to keep doing that. Um, but, yeah, maybe just dabbling a little bit in the things that you're passionate about and being okay with the change and saying, okay, if I want to quit this job and do this, I can do that now. You can yeah. because you've got some experience, you've got some knowledge. Um, and a perfect example, too, our next-door neighbor here, um, you know, he just changed over to a Mike Moore Miles just, a f you know, within this last year, yeah. right before COVID, actually. And um, he now just hired our good friend who does Fun Fridays with us. <laughs> um, not anymore because now he has to work Fridays. But he just <laughs> hired him as one of his service managers, and he's he just turned 50 years old. 
And the reason was because um, Brett, I'm going to say your name, but when Brett, uh, you know, he's been in the insurance business all of his life. And finally, he's like, okay, you know, he, he, needed, a ch- he needed a change. They have twin boys that are in college. They just graduated a couple two years ago. And so he's like, okay, now I'm at a point, like, I want to do something different. I want to own my own business, maybe. And so um, we hired him into one of our other locations that needed a service manager, started training him, put him over here with Dolph. Um, Now just uh, within, I don't know, maybe a month ago, he just started over here. But he's doing this because he wants to own one of our stores. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, and it won't take long. And it's hard. It's when you guys are young, you don't have the money set aside to like just say oh when you want to own your own business sometimes like you're buying a building you're buying the business it's mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars it's See, and that's it's the thing lot, being so you know, young we have to find ways around all that so like that's probably my largest hindrance me being only biggest. 17 not being 18 yeah. yet we like i can't really even get create. things in my own name like it's hard yeah. so yeah. i have to figure out funding all those right and then i all i also know that like i don't want to be the one that's always seeking an investor i can set myself well, up i don't need that where it's like but right now with my point in my age i really don't have another choice because i have to use other people's you know but I mean? that's what's key about you know people it, it's hard to make enough money to save any money but also learning to invest it where it could so i just talked to my husband about this yesterday I do want to prepare my staff to be, and I've told them five years, you guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start by next this, as soon as the spring comes around. I already have said, okay, I'm creating these. We're gonna just call it a new position, even though I do. I give them a raise or don't give them a raise. I'm creating a position. It's gonna be named this. That way, we have a goal set for when I say, okay, I don't want to be here every night. I want to, I want to just be the. I'll, I'll still work a little bit for these next five years. Leandra, how are you? Do you want to buy it? If you don't want to buy it, that's fine. But I have to I find to somebody to buy it. Right. So. You need to start. I told her, you don't have to tell me today. I want you to start thinking about it. And I know she does. Here's the hard part is as now she's 30 years old, does she have the money? Now, I can't just say, oh, I'm going to pay you more money in order for you to save enough money to be able to buy it back from no, me. No, and that's what you got to understand. You got to go out there and work. Like for me, like there's certain things when COVID hit, my business, I was still paying my bills. I, I didn't have money. I, would make, I wanted to make sure my payrolls were going through and everything like that. But if I wanted to do anything else, I had to find another source of income. For well, that, right? and you and can't even get a loan without having money already yeah, right, to get a loan. Yeah. And so, like, even one of my other staffers, I sold her her first house. She was 29 years old. So I said, I need to know what your assets are. Well, what do you mean? Um, okay, do you have a 401k, IRA? Do you own anything? Whatever. She's right. like, she literally said, I don't even know what those words mean. I'm going to have to get a Whoa. dictionary. Like, Whoa. I'm like, you don't even know. Like, she's funny and joking, but at the same time, she seriously didn't know. Like, and this is where why we do have I have a 401k yeah. or, or an IRA or whatever? So I did tell my husband, I said, maybe I need to talk to Leandra, set her up with this financial person that I, and, and I'll give you guys his contact too. I know I keep saying that, but um, at the very least, maybe get yourself, uh, you know, an IRA, something high risk, something where you can take a little bit that you can afford, set that, that aside and hopefully grow that a little bit. And then ultimately, you have that to be able to put into your first business. Bootstrap Just like business. when we bought our businesses, it was our 401k. When I bought my first house, it was the equity that I built up into the first house that I bought that I was able to put into the second and to the third. And so now here I'm building a building that, you know, I'm getting this massive million plus dollar loan for. And what some kids don't understand is even college, as much as you can say some colleges, is, you know, to have something, higher education, is great for you to have under your belt for you to get a loan 
for you right. to be able to do other things. It might not, they don't, might not care whether you have a degree or not, but it shows that you have the, um, drive, the drive to be able to mm -hmm. stick and keep doing it. Yep, for sure. So wow. I, that's where I got to set her up. It's like, how do I set her up to start getting to that point so that I can semi-retire? And, uh, you know, I don't know that she'll get to that point in five years for her to buy the building and to buy everything. Maybe you guys will be at that point and you want to buy this <laughs> building and be her landlord. But um, but at the least... And those are the different things. I mean, there's so many ways mm -hmm. of making money. I mean, you could set... Look, at the, the Chase banks, if you can do agreements, for, they'll, they'll sign 15-year contracts. It doesn't matter if that bank leaves. That, that owner is still getting paid monthly because that's a, a large corporation. So if you can sign on those things and have investment properties, like, there's so many ways to fund projects that I think people yeah. just don't ever go out there to, to seek or, or find because they think it's too hard, and that's probably their largest hindrance is not believing that they can't do it. Right, yeah. right. So, yeah, just kind of setting it all up all so right. that we can go and, yep. and uh, enjoy our travels between all of our kids and wherever they're at so that's our retirement plan i want to sell everything it'll be all gone and i want to <laughs> rent a condo on the north or on the uh, on the east warm. coast and the condo on the west coast and i want to find my kids wherever and go Hell visit yeah. and then go back home and their grandkids if i have them can come to me whatever yeah. I, don't, I don't know but uh Yes, I, we're, like a, we're ready. We're a ready. beautiful plan, and, and Christy, I just want to say thank you so much You're for this welcome. time. We're just now breaching over, I believe, three hours, and it's, been a, it's been a fantastic episode. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, so many amazing things. If you've stuck with us this, this long, please make sure to subscribe, share with your friends. You can find us on all your favorite streaming platforms, and... Uh, Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and, and make sure we'll definitely. Can you uh, do, can you shout out your Instagram or your Facebooks or yes, um, go um, ahead and plug anything you want. Yeah, the name of the studio is Virtues in Motion um, Dance Studio, so it's www.vimdance.com is our website. Um, our shop is uh, mikemoremiles.com. Check us out there if you need auto repair stuff. Um, and Instagram and any kind of social media, you'll just find us by searching Virtues in Motion. And, uh, yeah, you'll see we've got some pretty great stuff going on in there. So Instagram for sure. I do a lot of uh, advertising on there. So Perfect. Make sure to check that out. And it's been a great episode six. And we'll talk to you later, folks. Have a great day. Peace.